Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. What's going on? Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you on a packed show coming out of a big win for the Winnipeg Jets last night in Motown. Jets now on a three-game winning streak. Four and three on the season, getting ready for the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night. It was a great game. 4-1 win in Motown last night, starring the hometown heroes, Connor Hellebuck and Kyle Connor. We'll dig into that a little bit. And Ken Weeb's going to join us from the road. A little recap of last night. A look ahead to tomorrow night against Les Canadiens at the Bell Centre in downtown Montreal. Uh, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are finishing up their regular season in Calgary, Eddie Tate's going to jump on at the bottom of the hour today to get the latest on the Blue Bombers, who's in, who's out, how the team is handling this final week and getting ready for a bye week and watching a little football next weekend to see whether it's the BC Lions or the Calgary Stampeders coming to Winnipeg for the West Final on November 11th. Don't forget, while we were on the show yesterday, got some great news for Winnipeg fans. That Jets-Dallas game... November 11th, originally scheduled for 3 p.m., has been moved to 2 p.m. So uh, we'll be able to uh, finish up at the uh, downtown arena and uh, get to uh, your couch, a bar, or better yet, IG Field for the 5.30 kickoff for a trip to the Grey Cup. So Ed Tate coming on, Ken Weeb as well, and it's Friday. You know what that means, a visit from the legendary Lee Hacksaw Hamilton with the NFL Notebook. Full slate of games this week. Nobody on the bye in week eight, which is a little strange. But we'll get to that. And uh, by the way, if you missed the lock shop, just finished it up with the fellas over at the Edmonton Sports Talk channel. The picks are in. Hit our partner parlay last night again. And, uh, well, before I bring in Michael Remus, uh, shout out to Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor. First period, hitting those goal props and the shot one as well. So it was a nice day in the lock shop. You can follow uh, or subscribe to the Lock Shop podcast wherever you're getting Winnipeg Sports Talk. Just search Lock Shop. All right, just before we bring in Remo, a big shout out to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Winnipeg Jets, Little Brown Jug, F Apparel, Nick and Nicky DQ, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, and Aquatech and Modern Man Barbershop. Michael Remus, what is up? How are you doing? I'm feeling good, Huss. This is kind of reminding me of last season now. Even the first couple of games where the Jets got off to a really good start. You're like, hey, this, you know, all the talk about the offseason and changes and moving guys you're like hey this team's actually uh pretty good us you know had a little nervous it could have been a a turning point not to the season but you know you didn't want to lose that game to Edmonton and go what like one and one and three and one and four or one and four sorry and then they win that game win against St. Louis now you win again against Detroit who was on this heater and had this power play running at over just over 40 percent and you go in, hey, we've talked about homecoming games, Huss, in Minnesota. It ha- hasn't gone well. There were homecoming games in Detroit. Maybe it's pr- pretty good. They're Hellbuck with a big one. Kyle Connor, as you said, getting on the board. So I think if you're the Jets, you got to be feeling pretty good heading into this uh, game tomorrow against Montreal. Yeah, what did uh, Will Farrell say in old school? It's time to go streaking? 
Yeah. Maybe they can get on a little bit of a streak right now. Three wins in a row for the club and, um, you know, a real strong performance last night. Listen, that was just a great game. Like, I I thought that as far as entertainment value, um, listen, maybe you'd like a few more uh, hits, although there were some big hits. Adam Lowry throwing his body around. Um, Maybe not a ton of physicality in it, but, I mean, a game that was, um, you know, two fast teams um, that were turning the puck over making their opportunities count um well you know ideally obviously it didn't for the uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings um but man there were so many performances on the Winnipeg Jets that stood out last night well we got to start with the guy in the pipes you know remember we talked about an unconnor hellebuck like first week for the Jets starting goaltender with those uh, first three performances um he has not looked back in these last three wins in Edmonton of course, uh, at home against the St. Louis Blues, and arguably his best game of the season last night, making 35 saves on 36 shots, only allowing one to get past him that he really had absolutely no chance on. Um, this is the guy that they've invested the money in, and uh, he's showing uh, why the Winnipeg Jets had that confidence in him. What a performance by Hellebucks to start it off. Yeah, the first couple of games of the year when, you know, when they were losing, they were playing so well, but... Uh, they weren't, you know, you look at the goaltending uh, advanced analytics, goal saves above expected was in the negative. Well, yesterday has uh, 2.35 goal save above expected. Pretty uh, pretty impressive numbers. And as you said, you know, he was great on Saturday in that win against Edmonton. Great again yesterday, stopping, sorry, 35 of 36 shots. So uh, that's what you want from him. That's why you paid him the big bucks. And as Mason Appleton said after the game, us, uh, you know, we have him. That's why we're going to be a real good team. And you know, watch out, watch out for the Jets here in the Central. Again, not a very uh, great division, but you know, you have to like their chances against hey, who they're going up against. And I don't know if you'd put them after Minnesota, but here, there they are right now, third, third behind Colorado and Dallas. Um, hey, hey, listen, they'll have a chance to see the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche uh, in the very near future. Um, this team's focusing on the present right now, and that was a great test in Detroit against a team that had been very, very good to start the year. And Connor Hellebuck had to be his best to uh, make some of those big saves. As I, I thought the Wings, like the second period for my money, Remo, at times the Jets were absolutely dominating, but... Then it would just completely flip, and then the Red Wings would be running around the uh, the Winnipeg Jets end. Like there were great chances on both sides. Probably could have seen plenty more goals on both sides of things. Um, but the goaltenders, in particularly Connor Hellebuck, stood up and uh, you know had a big big game. Kyle Connor uh, and Mark Scheifele were all over the place last night. Connor scoring early. Um, to get things going for the Winnipeg Jets. And then Nikolai Ehlers with his first of the year. Um, two big goals by the most important of Winnipeg Jets wingers. But I'll tell you what, what, what I think a lot of people were talking about after the game was the goal that didn't go in. An absolutely world-class behind-the-back pass from Mark Shifley that I think was so good it even surprised Kyle Connor, And he wasn't able to roof it. Um, you know, Shifley's play continues to impress um he is absolutely engaged in the guy that the winnipeg jets were hoping they would have when they signed him to that extension um they had made a lot happen last night kyle connor could have had a couple more but uh man that play from shifley was special uh, he generated a ton last night yeah that would have been a highlight one play you'd see all over the highlight reel going around the net and the kind of no look draw pass just missed 
Uh, just missed Kyle Connor, you know, hitting him on the sweet spot of the stick. And we talk about the power play. Uh, special teams coming in, always been huge this season. Uh, the Jets, you know, limiting Detroit, you know, 0 for 2. But the Jets had chances in the first period to get out to a lead on, on their own power plays. You would have liked to see them convert, but were not able to. They were going 0 for 3, but, uh, you know, scoring first, huge. Uh, I mean, Cole Perfetti, you know, not, not a ton of ice time yesterday for that line, but, I mean, he's made some real nice passes, uh, you know, all season. And there he was yesterday finding Nikolai Ehlers, who made a really nice move to cut to the middle and shoot, and he got it on net. This time, I think it was Murat on Wednesday saying when he's had chances, he'd sky them a couple uh, field goals over the glass. But that one, <laughs> that one was, I mean, that was quick. Turn and fire. And I'll be honest, that first, like, you know, the first part of that first period, I was like having flashbacks of James Reimer last year stoning the Jets when he was on the Sharks and they needed a win. And they, you know, did everything but, but beat him. But thankfully, they were able to beat him uh, yesterday a couple times. You know, uh, a, a real strong game for the Lowry line last night, and Mason Appleton ending up with a goal and an assist. Add did Nino, as did Nino Niederreiter. Nino, uh, Nino, icing the game with an empty netter. Um, but maybe the most impressive—I mean, the most impressive play was one that didn't go in. We just talked about that with Mark Shifley. But the three-way passing between Nino, Adam Lowry, Nino. And Mason Appleton on the third goal that gave the Jets that cushion when Detroit was really pushing. An absolute beauty. And, um, you know, Appleton is finding himself in places to score. And uh, while they haven't always been pretty, um, he's making it work right now. And I think he's far more suited playing along with Nito Niederreiter and Adam Lowry. They had a real strong game last night, not just defensively, but making some things happen in the offensive zone and not a real highlight, real goal to uh, put that one away. Yeah, Mason Hamilton, what a start to the season for him in terms of getting on the score sheet. has uh, seven games, three goals, two assists, five points. Last year, uh, he had 16 points in 41 games, so he's already a third of the way there in, like, I don't know, fifth of the games. So uh, he's off to a great start. And, you know, we had said when they put him on the top line, he's kind of out of his role, but... I mean, him and Adam Lowry together have been so good uh, for so many years. And adding Nino, a big body, a guy who you know, he can score, but he can also you know go in the corners and dig it out and and play physical. That line has been such a such a match. And you look, you know, you calling them the third line, but the way their ice time has been, they might even be, I mean, they could be the second line. They're definitely the shutdown line. You know, they got them against uh, the top guys. I mean, those guys have been have been pretty great. So. Uh, you know, they were definitely the second line yesterday in terms of minutes and have been actually a couple games here. Yeah, and I mean, that's not surprising. What was a little surprising, I think, when you looked at the game sheet afterwards was uh, a relatively quiet night ice time-wise for the Ehlers line along with Nemetsnikov and Cole Perfetti. Now, you know, Ehlers spent just about four minutes out on the power play. Uh, Nemetsnikov had two minutes just about on the power play and a similar amount of time um, shorthanded. Perfetti, for his part, did have 151 on the power play, but no time shorthanded, which is not surprising, but only 849 even strength. And we'll get to a comment from Scott O'Neill in a minute. I mean, I guess, you know, things were going well the way they were running the lines, but you'd have to think. I mean, I thought that all of those players were dangerous last night, and uh, we'll hear from this in a minute from Scott Arneal. Uh, he even uh, copped to it afterwards, uh, needing to get those guys out on the ice a little bit more. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You look at the, 
you look at the five on five ice time by line, Money Puck has these numbers. The Baron Kupari Gustafson line played what, you know, eighteen more seconds or whatever, seventeen more seconds. Can't even add. Whatever. Twenty more twenty two more seconds than the uh, Ehlers Perfetti Nemestikov line. Uh, I think you would like to get those guys out. They're you know, I don't know how much they trust them in terms of holding leads, but you look at uh, how they've played that Ehlers Perfetti Nemestikov line together has uh, eleven shot attempts for and only four against. No better way to protect the lead when you have the puck and the other guy's end and you're you're ripping shots. But I think it just shows you how much they trust all the lines now equally, and we haven't seen that for a couple of years. Uh, the Kupari Baron line uh, getting significant minutes as well. And I mean, though, yeah, the Kupari was the player with the lowest ice time, eight forty nine, and Gustafson over you know over ten minutes as well. Uh, Baron over ten minutes because those guys are killing penalties, but. I think I think it's good for the team when you don't have your fourth line who's not contributing playing five minutes a game. It's it's incredible, you know, how evenly balanced this team is. Yeah, I mean that certainly is a good thing. But at the same time, I mean, uh, I know. Well, let's get to it. I mean, we'll hear from Scott O'Neill. He did talk about uh, you know the Ealers line and needing to get them in a little bit more. But uh, we'll start it off right at the top, Remo, with one. This was uh, interim head coach Scott O'Neill post game talking about his club's four one road win at Little Caesars Arena against the Wings. Yeah, I, we knew they were coming. We were in that third period, and they did. And they, uh, you know, they're a quick team and they're a skilled team, and they've got us back on our heels. But I thought after that, we finally got to that timeout and uh, kind of reset ourselves and got going and did a better job of managing the puck. But um, you know, real proud of the effort. Uh, everybody chipping in, sort of lots of uh, lots of good things from all the lines. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of my uh, my takeaway talking with the fellas after the game. That I mean. You know, it's not like that was done on the back of one player. Certainly, Connor Hellebuck was brilliant, and you're not winning a game like that against a quality team on the road in Detroit unless you get good goaltending. He was really good, but, I mean, you could look at all of the lines at particular times in the game making big, big impacts. Um, um, Nikolai Ehlers and Nino Niederreiter both got their first goals of the year. Um, Scott O'Neill talked about uh, those two players and uh, maybe a bit of a monkey off the back. Yeah, no, you know, I thought Nick, that was his best game of the year and he's had a little trouble here getting going and uh, we're missing all of training camp and uh, I thought tonight he skated great. He held on to pucks, uh, you know, made some real good plays and um, was good on the power play. Uh, with Nino, that line is, uh, you know, we, we are trying to match him up as much as possible against Larkin's line and um, when you can score, uh, when you're playing against those guys, as, as they did twice, that's big and uh, um, he's a big power forward, and he plays that way. He's, uh, you know, he's hard to defend. You know, and a, and a key, uh, you know, a little bit there from Arneal. Um, you know, that Lowry line, you know, with Niederreiter and now with Appleton after the switch with Iafalo. I mean, for them to be able to contribute the way they did offensively, but also job number one was trying to limit one of the hottest lines in hockey and Dylan Larkin. I mean, that's exactly what you want from that group. And it was nice to see Nito get rewarded after being a little snake bit, to be honest, over the first half dozen games this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Wes. I know it's an empty netter, but, I mean, he's he's been overdue. And, again, quietly, he's got four points in seven games, and he's a guy who scores 20 in his sleep. And you're thinking, like, what a great ad. And it's kind of funny. You've been mentioning all week, like, how you know, we talk, oh, this is the same – Jets, same Jets, but how you keep saying the five forwards that are different than you know the beginning of the season last year, and uh, Nino Niederreiter was such a great acquisition at the deadline. 
uh, that they had him under contract again for this year, and I wonder if they're going to look to keep him after this season because he's fit in so well, basically wherever he's played, and he brings a skill set that they didn't have a lot of. So uh, nice to see him get on the score sheet, even if it's empty netter. He was owed for earlier in the season, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this line uh, continues to play together so well with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. Yeah, really strong game for that line in both ends. And uh, again, just a beautiful, beautiful passing play between the three of them on Appleton's goal that put the Jets up 3-1. Arneal was asked about Cole Perfetti, how he's doing in the eyes of the coach after moving to the wing. And that line overall that certainly had their moments last night, but as we mentioned off the top, didn't quite see as much ice time as you'd normally assume. I like that line. Yeah, that line was real good again. Um, I just I got to get them out in the ice a lot more. The game was getting tight, and they, you know you want to kind of shut it down. But I do need to get them out there a little bit more often. But I like what Cole's been doing. He's got great vision. He's been uh, you know he sees the ice real well. That line has uh, got some chemistry. You know they've been playing well together. So um, you know we'll just keep moving forward, and hopefully he keeps building what he's been doing. Yeah, I mean listen, I think there's a lot more to get out of that line. Certainly now that Ehlers finally scored uh, on the season. Um, and Cole Perfetti, you know, regardless of how much he plays, um, it looks to me, Remo, like he's getting more confident. And, um, you know, we're seeing more of that world-class vision, hockey sense, and passing ability that, um, you know, he's set up set up teammates um, for goals in the last two games. And um, I'm sort of with Arnie. You'd like to see them a little bit more. Sometimes the game dictates, and, you know, you're matching lines or whatever. Um, that maybe won't be the case. And listen, it's a good problem to have with the other lines going the way they are right now. Um, but like, if anyone's questioning where Cole Perfetti's at right now with the club and thinking that you know he's not worthy of playing or anything like that, I think that's a far, far from the truth. He's is playing well, getting more comfortable in his role. I think he does seem to be a little bit more comfortable on the wing right now. And Nemetsnikov is uh, seemingly a great connector between Perfetti and Nikolai Ehlers. Um, but I know there's a lot of fans, Cole. I would just um, urge people to chill a little bit. He will be playing more. And, uh, man, if he keeps doing what he's doing, I think he'll continue to contribute to big wins for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We had those games at the beginning of the season where they didn't get wins and they were playing so well. He said, hey, stick uh, stick to the process here and it'll come. And I know part of it is Connor Hellebuck, you know, he kept regaining his form. And you now Nikolai Ehler is finding it, scoring a goal. Uh We'll see how this team goes, but, you know, they're playing pretty well. And, hey, you're heading into Montreal against a team that's not expected to make the playoffs, a chance to add to your win total. And for Cole Perfetti, he was playing really well when he was injured last year. He was up there among rookie scoring leaders. And here he is, four points uh, in seven games, and he's contributing. Yeah, I think you probably would like to see that line get more ice time. But, I mean, the team won, so so it worked. But uh, we'll see how it goes uh, going forward with this ice time distribution, which has been maybe more even than we have seen in years. Or, ever, absolutely. Ever. And we'll get into this with Ken. Um, I will put down a marker, though. I think that line plays considerably more against Montreal, um, and I wouldn't at all be surprised if uh, we uh, see their names on the score sheet at some point on Saturday night. Guy we did see on the score sheet was Mason Appleton, did it for the third time this year. As Remus mentioned, three goals and two assists now in seven games. Um, playing a big role on the Adam Lowry line last night that had a big, big impact on the game. Here's Arneal on Mason Appleton. 
You know what? That's he's comfortable when he's with uh, Lau. Those uh, those guys together are real solid, and they've got a lot of chemistry. Uh, we tried moving him up there a little bit earlier, and just felt that his best spot is with uh, when he's with Lau, and then now with Nino. Uh, they know how to play without the puck. They, you know, that goal. That's typical. You love to see that guys crashing the net and getting the greasy goals, and that was such a big goal at that time of the game. And um, yeah, they were good, and uh, they did what they needed to do to help us win that hockey game. Scott O'Neill on Mason Appleton and the Lowry line. And uh, you can't talk about that win without talking about the performance of the guy in net, Michigan's own Connor Hellebuck, who uh, I'm sure impressed and frustrated some uh, of his friends and family that are probably regularly Detroit Red Wings. Uh, he was certainly one of the stars of the show last night. Here's Arning on the performance from Hellebuck. That was, uh, you know, he's been on a, he's been going here the last few games and, um, you know, he took charge of that one. I know it's his kind of a hometown game for him, uh, but he was big out there. He looked like uh, he was rock solid and made the stops when we needed them, certainly in that first 10 minutes of the uh, start of the third. And, and then, you know, he just he brought it home for us. All right, so uh, there's Arnie on, on Hellebuck. And, you know, Helly now 4-2 and two on the season. And, uh, you know, after three starts with uh, four or more goals to uh, begin the year, it's funny how uh, what a week can do early on to uh, flip that narrative and flip the script. Uh, now the goals against average under three at 2.99. And after a uh, real rough uh, start, save percentage-wise, just about back at 900, 899 for the season and uh, moving on up after uh, that shaky first week. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, save percent. I'm not a big like individual save game save percentage guy but in the yeah. first three games it was well under 900 and they were giving up four four and five goals the last three games giving up two two and one as combined stats from the last three games has 948 save percentage and i would have to do the math he's given up he's given up five goals okay on 96 shots against 91 uh or 96 so i mean pretty uh pretty impressive numbers here in the last three for connor hellebuck that is the, uh, he's the guy, uh, although, and we'll get, we'll talk about this with Ken coming up in a bit. Uh, I would imagine that Loren Brassois will be front and center tomorrow against the Habs. And then we'll see Hellebuck back in at home against the Rangers on Monday night for the Halloween game at Canada Life Center. Um, let's hear from Nikolai Ehlers. Had a kind of a frustrating start to the season. You could see the relief in his eyes after that beautiful first period goal past James Reimer. Here's Ehlers on the win and uh, getting his first goal of the year. Uh, it's great. Um, obviously a pretty tough start uh, to the year, but, um, you know, it's... It's not that we didn't like our games and the games that we, we lost. Um, we did like it, most of it. So um, we just got to continue playing that way. You've been getting some chances. What was it like for you to get your first of the year? Um, always nice. Um, you know, I hadn't really been close in, in any games, to be honest. So, um, yeah, feels good. So uh, Ehlers gets off the schneid. Um, and you know what, Reeve? It was funny at one point. I'm not sure if you caught this on the tube, but they did catch a moment on the bench after that where uh, there was a big hug between uh, Ehlers and Cole Perfetti, and uh, it seems like they are building more and more chemistry with each other, and that's a good thing for the Winnipeg Jets. I've said it all along. For this team 
to reach their potential. Um, listen, you want to have Cole Perfetti continue to develop, but Ehlers needs to be that offensive driver on the line, shooting the puck, making the most of his opportunities. And uh, he certainly did that last night. Um, and as we heard from Arnie, I mean, uh, you probably would. Yeah, there it is. Big arm around it. Um, great to see those guys, two very popular members of the Winnipeg Jets with the fans. And, uh, yeah, there's there's the bro moment between the two guys afterwards. But, um, you know, some really good things from from that line, despite the fact that, um, you know, they weren't out there as much as, um, well, Scott O'Neill said he would have liked to have gotten them out. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty impressive numbers in terms of controlling shot attempts, as, as I said before. Uh, 11 for only four against. I mean, pretty limited. Five on five ice time, 7, 15, uh, 7 minutes and 15 seconds. But, I mean, you've seen Perfetti. I mean, he made so many nice passes in that St. Louis game, and Ehlers, you know, didn't have a preseason. He's kind of finding his legs, and his shots are actually going <laughs> at the net now. Has not over over the glass uh, like he had a couple sore to keep uh, pointing pointing that one out. Nick just had a good laugh at those. But uh, hey, this guy, this line's got potential. And we talked so much last year how Nemestikov and Ehlers had chemistry last year, and they didn't really start it uh, that way, but it's ended up that way. And uh, I think, yeah. The, Big potential if they can get some more minutes for sure. Well, let's uh, quickly hear from Mason Appleton, and then we'll get into the Bombers before Ken Weeb joins us from Montreal. Uh, Mason Appleton, again, with uh, the third goal, a huge goal and a uh, big part of uh, you know, shutting down the Larkin line. Here's Appleton on the win. Yeah, they had a hard push. Uh, I thought, you know, towards the end of the second and early in the third, they, they really jumped on us for a little bit. But, you know, we, we defended hard and we weathered the storm, and then, we got a timely goal. Uh, kind of took the wind out of their sail a bit, uh, but you know, on the road, two-one game. That's that's what you want going into the third. And uh, you know, we we battled our our butts off tonight, and you know, we earned that win. Uh, the battle was certainly there. So was the goaltending. Here's what Mason Appleton had to say about their goaltender Connor Hellebuck last night. You know, we think he's the best goal in the league. Um, he, you know, at the start of the season, we. We were getting scored on a little bit more than we obviously liked, uh, you know, more than he liked as well. But you know when you got such an elite goaltender that it's only a matter of time until he gets his game exactly where he needs it and wants it. So uh, to see him battle like that these past couple of games, it's been huge. He's uh, he's the backbone of our hockey team, and he's the reason why, uh, you know, we're going to be a dang good team this year. Uh, one more for Mason Appleton on uh, the line along with Adam Lowry back in his comfort zone on line three. Uh, I love our line. I love playing with those two guys. I think we're uh, we're good at holding on to the puck and making just the right simple play. And then when the offense is there and the opportunity presents itself, we can capitalize. So I think uh, that was just a product of you know Laos making a great play on the breakout, and then uh, you know Nino making a great play back to Laos, and then Laos setting on my stick on the back post. So we all uh, we all know how to read off each other, and we we play a pretty simple, efficient game, and it's been it's been working well. All right, so there's Mason Appleton. Jets win 4-1 in Detroit last night. Ken Weeb's coming up from the road in a moment. We'll talk a little bit more about last night's game and look ahead to Saturday night against the Montreal Canadiens on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, just before we head out to Calgary and welcome in Ed Tate. Uh, guys, if you, uh, if you haven't, maybe you haven't heard, we're putting together a Movember team to raise some money for men's health next month. If you are interested in being a, a part of the WST team and growing a stash for November, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. We're just getting it set up. Shout out to everyone that has already pledged that they'll grow the stash. We'll have some fun following your progress throughout the month of November. 
and of course raising some money uh, and doing it along with our friends at Modern Man Barbershops. Might be a great place to go in and get the full shave before you get into the uh, festivities of November. Eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road, featuring haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Make an appointment at your local Modern Man, and you can book your look. Do it online at modernmanbarber.com. Of course, our friends at Aquatech have had a great summer, uh, helping Winnipeggers take the plunge with uh, pools, but right now it's time to uh, get working on the homestead. Whole home renovations start with Aquatech, with thousands of renovations as their foundation. Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. Uh, if you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. Well, the snow is here. Uh, and by the looks of it, it's probably sticking around, and that means it's going to get colder, and that means we're going to have to deal with this Winnipeg winter. Um, preparation is the key, folks, and uh, being prepared for those uh, minus 30 temperatures, you know what you got to do? Your battery's got to be able to get you from point A to point B throughout the winter. If you're unsure about your battery's suitability for the challenge ahead, Pop by Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. They'll be happy to test it for you. But if you do need a battery, there's only one place to go. You can shop local, get the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores, and get the best service in town because Donnie and Manitoba Battery will deliver your batteries to you anywhere in the city of Winnipeg, inside the perimeter, for free with any purchase over 60 bucks, It is just that easy. Get on over to manitobabattery.com. You'll be able to see everything available uh, for you and uh, give them a phone call at 783-8787. They'll be able to help you that way. Deliver it to you anywhere citywide. And of course, if you do want to pop in for a test or just to see them in person, do that down Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. And uh, hey, next week, is the big week for the uh, the premium spirit releases at Manitoba Liquor Marts. Uh, we can tell you that next Saturday, November 4th, is the date. And that is the day you're going to want to be popping into your Manitoba Liquor Mart to get your hands on the exclusive limited one-time release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask. It'll be on sale while supplies last for $79.99 at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart. Again, the limited one-time release of the Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask and uh, Canadian Club, proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the official spirit of the blue and gold, and uh, there'll be plenty of CC, CC and ginger flowing for that West Final coming up on November 11th. You can pick up Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts CC and Ginger at your local beer store. And remember, always please enjoy responsibly. All right, let's welcome in Eddie Tate from Calgary before the Bombers finish up the regular season and get ready for the West Final. Edward, what's going on? How are you? I'm great, Huss. How are you? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you great. Looking good. Sounding like a million U.S. tax-free. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Listen, things are good. The, uh, the hockey team's playing well. And uh, obviously, we're now just counting down to November 11th, um, but there's still a game left to be played. What, fill us in. What was the vibe like around practice this week, knowing that 
this is a very different challenge than the teams had all year looking to get to the ultimate goal of hosting the West Final in IG Field. I got to tell you, it was a bit of a weird vibe around practice because, uh, I mean, first of all, you're watching a bunch of guys that uh, you haven't seen a whole lot of getting work with the number ones and twos because the lineup looks so much different for tonight. Uh, and then, you know, I think some guys wanted to play. Some guys were okay with taking a, a week off. But uh, it's weird. I got on the plane yesterday and I'm looking around. And honestly, Huss, I'm around this team all the time. There's a few faces. I said, I had to go, who's that guy again? Who's that guy again? Who's that sitting with uh, Stanley? Who's that sitting? Like, it's it's wild because there's uh, 10 starters out of the lineup tonight. It, it's a really a different roster for this late in the year. Uh, well, you know what, Matt, why don't we just quickly go down the list of sure. the guys that either didn't make the trip or are not expected to play? Well, so there's 10 starters out. So I'm looking at the list here. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, uh, Willie Jefferson, and Ricky Walker on the D-line, Adam Bighill, and uh, Kyrie Wilson at linebacker, Reddick Cramdy, the dimeback, Winston Rose is out, Brandon Alexander is out, Nick Dembski is out, Stanley Bryant is out. Uh, that might be 10. So uh, it's crazy. It's uh, and, and what's interesting is that this is a veteran team. We're getting on the plane yesterday, and I'm uh, walking up the ramp. It's outside with uh, Celestin Habba behind me, and he's just wearing the satin, white satin Toronto Blue Jays uh, jacket with a Blue Jays hat on. I don't know if he's a big Blue Jays fan or not, but he says to me, man, it's cold. And I... I felt like saying, just suit up, buddy. You don't have a clue yet what it's going to be like. Uh, it's it's going to be a shocker for some of these guys tonight because it's cold here, too, in Calgary. Well, we had Button on. I was texting you yesterday. We had yeah. Button on Tuesday or Wednesday, and he had said that they were in the midst of getting 25 centimeters of snow. I was there, I guess, the, whatever, the week before or two weeks ago. And it certainly was cooler than it was in Winnipeg. But uh, what's it like there today as we uh, get closer to kickoff? I think I haven't been out yet. <laughs> uh, it's minus five with a wind chill like uh, minus 10 or something. And I think it's going to, well, it's not going to get any warmer by kickoff. Let's put it that way. So it's like it's icy. It's it's kind of that one uh, wait what we've got in Winnipeg. When it first comes, you know, it's kind of here to stay. That's how it kind of feels here right now. It's uh bit of a shock to the system even for someone like me who grew up in winnipeg so uh i just these guys i know some guys are already shivering thinking about tonight's game yeah well i mean i'm sure some of their teammates can uh fill them in on what the west final was like against the riders a couple of years back. exactly <laughs> you got to get ready for that and what is to come on the 11th of november so with all of those players out some you know some less uh, experienced players are going to be getting some chances to get into the game reps and Certainly that's big. But at the top of the list coming back on is Demario Houston, um, one of the more regular players that we hadn't seen in a couple of weeks is uh, he'd been uh, nicked up. Yeah, it's good to get him back. because I mean, uh, he had practice for the last couple of weeks. I think they just kept him out of the Edmonton game to be, to be safe. But he needs to get some game action in before the West final. I mean, you can pretty much pencil him in at one of the corner spots. What's going to be interesting now is, is that, you know, Winston Rose has been steady, but Jamal Parker's played really well in the last little while. And I know they're very intrigued with Tyreek McGee, who's coming onto the roster. This will be his first CFL game tonight. He, he kind of popped out a little bit at the beginning of rookie camp and then got hurt. So he's a guy that uh, was on the Los Angeles Rams practice roster for a year. 
and he played at Georgia. So if you, you get a scholarship to Georgia, you're a pretty good player. So there's another guy that they want to keep an eye on. Uh, but you're right, getting Houston's going to be uh, important because, uh, you know, whether it's BC or Calgary that they're going to play in the West final, they've got both those teams have got some pretty good receivers are going to have to cover. You know, Ed, uh, I mean, just reading in your uh, game preview over at bluebombers.com, you mentioned all the players that are out that are going to the one game injured list. And, you know, when I got back from Edmonton on ta- on uh, Sunday, I bumped into Kyle Walters and just had a quick chat with him, congratulated him on, uh, you know, wrapping up the West and looking forward to the game on the, uh, the 11th. And then I asked him about this week and just how things were progressing. I mean, what he has to do. And the one thing that he mentioned to me that I'll be honest, I didn't really think of was that in a situation like this, when you're putting guys on the one-game list, you're activating other guys, um, there is an effect on the salary cap. Can you just give us a little bit of an idea about what management was working with behind these decisions, what they could do or what they would like to do, and if the cap at all prevented anything? Well, it's a real good point, Huss. So essentially, with those 10 guys, uh, starters being moved to the one-game injured list, you're activating 10 guys. So basically you're, you're adding 10 more salaries to your salary cap for this game. So there are pretty significant salary cap implications. Now, the one thing I had told to me, which is very interesting, I, didn't re- I hadn't remembered this, but a player that ends the year on the practice roster automatically becomes a free agent at the end of the season. So he doesn't even have to get to February. He's a free agent like at the end of November. But by activating some of these guys that they want to take a look at, I mentioned Tyreek McGee. There's a receiver, Ravi Alston, that's going to start. Because they're going to be active on the final regular season game of the year, the Bombers retain their rights. So that's massive for this club in terms of evaluation and who you might want to bring back for next year. So there's some guys that will be playing tonight that still might get released at the end of the season. But there's a bunch of guys that, you know, you've invested this much time in them whether it's all season or a guy like Alston that came in September in the, in the practice roster expansion. And you'd like to get a look at them even more than just in practice and in one game. So that, that's the other factor I think that came into play here with this, with this much uh, roster turnover for tonight's game. Now, again, to the fans, probably the coaches and management. I mean, the number one thing that you want to get out of this game is out of it healthy and nobody Absolutely. getting nicked up and hurt. And that's a big reason why so many of the most important starters won't even see the field. Zach Caleros will be dressing as the third quarterback behind Drew Brown and Dakota Prukop. However, for Brown in particular, in the situation that he is, with the limited opportunity he's been able to play and play quite well, I would imagine that on a personal level for his future, this is another glorious opportunity to show, unfortunately for Bomber fans, maybe the rest of the league, um, that he might be able to come out of the shadow of Zach Caleros and be a starter at some point in the league. It's absolutely massive for a guy like that, Huss. He's at that point now where he's beyond just being a prospect, right? I think he's shown enough flashes. He's got a really good quarterback rating. He hasn't thrown an interception this year. He's led the Bombers to a win. He led the Bombers to the comeback win. Uh, when he came off the bench in Edmonton, he's got really good numbers and he deserves more playing time. It's probably not going to come in Winnipeg because Zach Claros is the starter here through 2025. Uh, so it's kind of an, uh, an audition for him for around this league and maybe the other league, whatever it's going to be called, the XFL, USFL, UFL, I've heard today, they're United Football League. Uh, so he deserves to play. He deserves a chance to play. 
I'm not sure where it might happen in, in the Seattle because it's interesting, right? Uh, as, as bad as some of these teams have been, you know, are, is he got a better opportunity in Ottawa with Dustin Crum there? Maybe not Jeremiah Mazzoli back. You know, what's going on at Hamilton with Bo Levi Mitchell being, you know, probably in his last year? And then, you know, there's a lot of – Vernon Adams isn't going anywhere. Trey Ford isn't going anywhere. Jake Mayer here in Calgary. Uh, Saskatchewan's a bit of a mystery, but Trevor Harris would probably come back. So, you know, where else could he go in this league? That's going to be interesting to see if he, he sees a chance somewhere else or if he can stay, I, you know. In any case, he wants to get out there and help lead this team to a win, but also put some more good uh, snaps on tape for everybody to see. Yeah, Alex Howe in chat says, unfortunately for Drew, there aren't a lot of starting spots opening up in the CFL, I don't exactly. think. And, hey, listen, that might be good news for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because he's been a heck of a part of that quarterback room for the last few years. And we all know that number eight is going to be out there for uh, for the playoff game. Um, Eddie, uh, we got a question from uh, from Dan Milburn who said they put less moral on the practice roster. Was that because they brought another international player off of it? No, Les Burrow's been, been on the practice roster for a couple of games, and partly it's because Theadric Hansen came back. And so uh, he's their global. You've got the global kicker in uh, Jameson Sheehan and even uh, Suleiman Karamoko, a defensive back who's a global, is on the roster tonight. You know, I'm, Les, Les has been a, an excellent special teams player, but... Uh, I think that they like what Theadric Hansen offers in a rotation at the at the defensive end spot. And then Karamoko, they just want to take another look at, too. He's a kid from France but played his college ball at Laval and has just been around here for a while. He usually gets like the one game a year in, in this sort of situation with Winnipeg. But I don't know uh, what this means for Les uh, beyond uh, in the West Final, whether he might dress or whether he's going to be stuck on the practice roster again. Um, you know, we talk about the guys that are out and kind of talk about a couple of the guys coming in, like Demario Houston. Any other player or two that Bomber fans might be interested to know, maybe a little something about that we haven't seen before that, you know, will kind of get significant playing time for the first time tonight? Yeah, I mentioned Ravi Alston. So this is a guy that I'm really intrigued by. You know, I, I know a few weeks ago when the club released Carlton Agadosi, people were saying, what's going on? Why he released that guy? He's, you know, he, he had those moments. This is part of the reason why Carlton Al uh, Agadosi got released. Is Ravi Alston ca has caught everything since he's been uh, arrived in September. And I mean, I don't think I've seen him drop a pass. He's been phenomenal, and uh, he's a guy that played at, at. I don't know if you've how many times you've driven down to Minnesota, Huss. I know I've done a lot. There's that. There's that one little dip as you get on your way to Minneapolis, and there's St. John's University. That's a Division three school. It's up on a hill. It's probably like two buildings and a football field. That's where he started his. Uh, college uh career and then he went from there to montana state uh and you know had a real good career there too so i don't know how they found this guy i think it was through an agent he didn't go to a free agent camp so he's a guy that i'm really excited to take a look at um drew richmond another one he'll play left tackle tonight where stanley bryant usually is this is a guy that's been on around for a while i don't know if you remember there was that game in uh in montreal in 2021 uh, he started for Stanley, and it was another one of these games that didn't mean anything. He took seven snaps and then absolutely destroyed his knee. Like every ligament, every little thing inside of it blew up. And he, you know, rehabbed all of last year, uh, all of this year. And so he's a guy, another guy. He played at Tennessee and USC. So those are little schools, right? Um, and Sometime down the road, this club's going to have to make a decision about Stanley and Jamarcus. They're not getting any younger. Nobody is. But 
you know, you've, you've got to have uh, some import tackles in-house to take a look at, and Drew's a guy that they've kept around for a while. Uh, how's Coach been this week? I'm sure he can't wait to uh, get to the bye week and get preparing for either BC or Calgary right now. Um, any different, anything different from Mike O'Shea this week in in this unique situation of a game that really is meaningless and you just want to get out unscathed? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I would say business as usual with Coach O'Shea, which wouldn't surprise anybody, but you'd really do get the sense. And this sounds awful, but they just want to get through this one. <laughs> they just like like you said a, a few minutes ago, Hus, just nobody get hurt. Uh, just let's get through this one, evaluate these guys. It's like a preseason game in late October. It's really bizarre, to be honest. And I know the Bombers have been in this situation before, but um, I don't remember this many lineup changes. So, you know, I think Coach O'Shea, like every coach, should be excited to take a look at some of these guys, the guys we just rattle off some of their names. But uh, I think everybody is just thinking, let's fast forward <laughs> the next week, watch the West semifinal, and get to November 11th. Well, the Bombers at least will be uh, sitting on the couch next week watching the West Semi. Calgary won't. And because of the Riders running the table with seven straight losses, Calgary doesn't even need this game. They incredibly are already in the playoffs. It's a very similar situation, I'd imagine, for Calgary, except the fact that they're on the road next week in BC. Um, We know anything about how Calgary's kind of going into this game, uh, game, Ed? Yeah, they've rested a bunch of guys too, Huss. They're still uh, the depth chart. I'm looking at it right now. Is Jake Mayer to start? But uh, Brandon Dozier, Cameron Judge, Kadeem Carey, uh, Reggie Bagleton, all out for tonight. And then I'm sure that they're treating it the same way. I mean, you're right. The, the Bombers will be on a couch watching next week, but these guys got to play. So it's weird because if you and you might play Winnipeg if they beat BC, this might be the West Final uh, preview, right? But so do you show stuff? Do you? You want to finish with momentum. Does that matter at all to Calgary? Like you say, they've already got things locked up. They've just beat the snot out of uh, BC a couple of weeks ago. I think they know how they want to play. So, um, again, they're resting a bunch of people tonight, but it, it, I imagine what they do would be pretty vanilla too because they're, they're not going to bring out any trick plays or any new looks that uh, they're going to be saving them for BC next week and then maybe Winnipeg in, on November 11th. Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com with us getting ready for the regular season finale between the Blue Bombers and the Calgary Stampeders. Calgary will be in BC next week to see who will earn the right to spend November 11th in Winnipeg uh, fighting the Bombers for a spot in the Grey Cup. Eddie, the biggest conversation around the Bombers this week was the uh, was the player awards. Um, you've covered this team for a long time. Um I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, the battle between Zach Caleros and Brady Oliveira for the MOP nomination that ended up going to the running back who we expect will get 20 yards tonight to get 2,000 combined and then join the rest of the crew on the bench. Yeah, um, I don't have a vote anymore. I used to have a vote, um, and it it would have been tough for me too. You know, there's no wrong answer between Zach and Brady, and I don't. This is no slight to Brady. I probably would have led leaned to picking Zach just because he's a quarterback. And I know Brady's been cons- more consistent. Brady's had an amazing year. Uh, so is so is Zach. And people say, well, he threw some pick sixes. And, well, every quarterback makes mistakes, man. And, uh, you know, Brady put the ball on the ground sometimes too. So I just don't think there was a wrong answer here. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. I think even Brady was surprised when he found out that he was a double winner because he's also the most outstanding Canadian. Um you know, again, no wrong pick. I, 
I'm happy, really happy for Brady. He's such a classy dude, and he does so much for this town. Such a proud Winnipegger. It's kind of cool to see him be a double nominee. What's interesting now is who's going to come out of the West uh, and as a Canadian and the most outstanding player. And when, maybe Brady wins both of those again. I'm not sure. He's in tough with a couple of people, but uh, and then Toronto's going to get a lot of love at the league at the national level when we come down to picking between the two finalists, right? I think that they're they're going to be uh, pretty busy on awards night just because I think there is a lot of voter fatigue with Winnipeg because the Blue Bombers have been up on that stage at the awards night so often over the last few years. I mean, I think there's something to be said about potentially a bit of voter fatigue here in Winnipeg for the Absolutely. people that have been voting Absolutely. for Zach Caleros the last few years. Well, and it's not um, just that one, Huss. How about uh, at the most outstanding offensive line one? Uh, I think if you ask the, uh, our, our coaches, they'll tell you that, and this, again, I, I, I don't like to, to point fingers at anybody else, but uh, if you ask our Coaches, they'll tell you that the two best linemen this year have been Stanley Bryant still, because even Stanley at 80% of what he once was a few years ago is better than most in the league. And Patty Newfeld's had a great year too. But I've heard Jamarcus' name coming up up an awful lot, as well as Chris Kolonkowski. So that leaves Jeff Gray too. So um, that's that's the voter fatigue you're talking about too. I think people get tired of scratching Stanley Bryant's name on that ballot too. You know, um, and again, I mean, I think you na- nailed it. I mean, there's not really any wrong answer. And right. The great thing right. about this football club is I don't really think any of these guys care <laughs> when it comes down to it. I mean, all the individual awards, they're happy for their teammates if they get them. But this does really seem like a team that has one collective goal, and that's to win two more football games beginning on November 11th here at home. No, you're bang on, Huss. You know, um I, like you said earlier, I've covered this team for a long time, and I know that uh, the awards was a big thing with with a lot of players in in some years, right? You know, guys would be angry. The guys would be in a sour mood, and they'd be, be a, who did you vote for? Did you vote for me? And it's like <laughs> really putting a guy on the spot, right? But uh, this team is a mature team. They've been there before, and I think so many of these guys are still, you know, still stuck in their craw a little bit about what happened last year in Regina in the Grey Cup. And uh, as we get closer now to – this year's Great Cup, I think those some of those memories kind of bubble to the surface again, and it it's it's all about focus now. And all this stuff is fun; it's nice, looks good on the resume. But they're they're not in it for that. And uh, you know, as cliche as that sounds, they're really not in it for that. They're they're like you said, proud for their teammates, but it's all about winning two more games. Uh, Ed, uh, just before we go, um, the team will come back after the game. Uh, do we know what the schedule is like for the bye week for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I mean, uh, this is not a normal bye week. I mean, they'll already right. be in preparation mode for uh, the biggest game of the season. I think uh, I do have it somewhere, Huss. I think they're off until like next Wednesday or Thursday. And if I remember what happened last year, um, the team practiced on the weekend and there was like a practice on the Sunday of the West semifinal in the morning. And then the guys kind of, I think food, a bunch of food was ordered in and everybody hung out and watched the West semifinal on the, in the locker room. So I imagine that'll be the similar situation uh, coming up here. So a few days off after this, which is understandable, and then right back to the grind. Coaches will be in. Uh, we play tonight. Coaches will be in there tomorrow morning right away. They don't get any time off. <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, well, let's just hope that Alcatur isn't too busy after this game. <laughs> that's Good point. The, that's the bottom line. Give Al a nice weekend off, guys. <laughs> and, uh, hey, listen, win or lose tonight, we know what the, the story is. 5.30 p.m., 
November 11th. Tickets go on very quickly for that game. It's going to be another amazing atmosphere. And uh, Bombers looking to do it again, getting back to the Grey Cup. We'll find out who they play next week. But first things first, finish off the regular season and move on to the playoffs. Ed, have a great time out there. Travel safely, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Always appreciate you jumping on with us at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks for having me on, Huss. Good stuff. There is Eddie Tate. Great to have Ed with us. And uh, again, we'll uh, just cross our fingers that the squad gets through unscathed tonight. Everybody healthy, win or lose, and then uh, get down to business later on next week preparing for that West final. Um, Let me give you a big shout out to our friends over at Vita Health Fresh Market. Um, If you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, Get on down to one of six Vita Health uh, Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. Uh, the website is fully shoppable, so you can order online with same-day local delivery if you get that order in by 11 a.m. And hey, listen, I know the winter's here, the holidays are just around the corner, school's back in. It can be a stressful time. You might want to try Health First Ashwagandha Supreme, known for its stress-lowering effects effective for reducing mental stress, anxiety, cortisol levels, and even stress-related food cravings. And it's on sale all month at Vita Health. Vita Health Fresh Market, proudly local, family-owned and operated since 1936, with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Visit them at one of six Vita Health locations and online at myvita.ca. And you know what? I've got to give a shout out. Um, to one of our listeners, uh, you know, I was mentioning that, um, you know, Wallace and Wallace are the fencing experts in town. We've always seen their trucks and fences all around the city. What people might not know is that Wallace and Wallace are the experts in overhead garage doors. And uh, I got to give a shout out to Dustin uh, Wireless, who fired us a tweet about an hour ago. I got the Wallace and Wallace crew over checking out the garage door. Well done. Love to see you guys supporting our sponsors. And hey, I mean, they'll tell you that that overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, but it's about to work a whole lot harder this winter because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. And just like Dustin's doing, the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace and Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today. For residential and commercial overhead door sales and service, there's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace and Wallace. And uh, hey, shout out to our friends over at F Apparel. We mentioned that holiday season, which, believe it or not, isn't too far around the corner. Um, Guys, if you need to uh, step up your menswear game when you're looking in your closet, head on down to F Apparel and get suited up. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties as well. So if you're getting married or in a wedding party, talk to the gang at F about making the fellas look great in suits that you'll have long beyond the big day at a 15% discount at F Apparel. You can see them at 190 Smith Street downtown or make an appointment and find out more online at F, that's E-P-H-Apparel.com. And we're going to get into some Jets talk with Kenny right now from Montreal after the big win last night. Don't forget, um, tomorrow night, Hockey Night in Canada, Jets and Habs, and then back to welcome in the New York Rangers for their lone visit of the year. Longtime Winnipeg Jet captain Blake Wheeler in the lineup. 
former Winnipeg Jet, now captain of the Blue Shirts, Jacob Truba. And it'll be a special game, too, because, of course, it's the day before Halloween. So uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun Halloween-themed entertainment in and around the game. So get your costume ready, get your tickets, and get ready to welcome Wheeler and the Rangers into town Monday, October 30th. Tickets and more information available at winnipegjets.com. Speaking of the Winnipeg Jets, let's talk to our main man, Kenny Weeb, who is on the road with the club coming out of that big 4-1 win last night in Motown. Weaver, what's good? Andrew, great to be with you. I was trying to trying to get you the nice backdrop of the, the city of Montreal, but I just wasn't agreeing with the lighting here in the room at the hotel here at the Grand Sheraton, so... Uh, gonna have to go with the nice artwork over my shoulder here. So no, all is well. Uh, smooth travel wasn't a crazy crack of dawn day, and Jets had a mostly impressive performance against the upstart Red Wings. And we'll see what uh, what what Saturday brings. Just uh, just filed a piece on the uh, battling Baron brothers, uh, ready for their second uh, NHL uh, tilt against one another with uh, in front of mom and dad and uh, family and friends. So it should be a uh, a fun spectacle for the Baron family. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, listen, we'll get to Montreal in a minute and kind of look ahead to tomorrow night's game, but let's go back to last night. Um, you know, right off the hop, can I got to say, I was out with a bunch of buddies watching the game. You know, we, uh, like always, were kind of, you know, glued to it. Big sound uh, when uh, where we were watching the game. And, I mean, that was... Uh, that seemed like a really fun game to uh, to watch. And it, ironically, it's the first game I've watched on TV this year because I was at the two right. other road games. Um, but man, was it back and forth. And in the second period particularly, it seemed like both teams took turns with long, sustained periods of play in the offensive zone, generating chances. And both goalies um, had to be good to prevent uh, far more red lights going on last night. Yeah, no doubt about that, Huss. Uh, great vibe. Uh, it's nice to see the Red Wings uh, back as a fun and exciting team. There's some skill on that team. There's some depth. And it just there's some a good vibe in the arena again, Huss, uh, at Little Caesars, which is one of the best arenas in the National Hockey League uh, when it's when it's rocking especially. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that there were definitely times when both uh, Scott O'Neill and Derek Lalonde may not have been enjoying it as much as I was. <laughs> or as much as the as the players were a little bit more back and forth frantic action at times there some sustained pressure as you mentioned but uh, for the most part you know the jets handled the the primary chances i didn't think there were a lot of second chance opportunities that were provided for the red wings obviously connor hellebuck had a lot to do with that including those uh, you know 19 saves in the third period i uh, thought he was exceptional once again but overall structurally there were there were st- Certainly times where the Jets, I thought, were doing a pretty good job against a highly skilled team. Uh, we know, similar to the Edmonton Oilers power play, Huss, I mean, Detroit was rocking a 41.4 percentile efficiency rate going into the year, which somehow was only good for second in the National Hockey League. Uh, Jets made sure they were two for two against that. And, and obviously the more important thing was the discipline, uh, only giving them the two opportunities in the game. But uh, once again, you know, four lines rolling mostly and, you know, contributions throughout. And you're right. I mean, I mean, James Reimer had to make a couple. I mean, I still think the one on Shifley is I, I, accidental would be maybe a stretch. But that sequence where Vladislav Nemesnikov went wide, found Kyle Connor, the shot was blocked and ended up on, on Shifley's stick. 
Reimer was kind of spinning in the crease and the five hole was open and his sort of desperation, he, he just kind of got the pads together at the very last second uh, to prevent a goal there. But yeah, I mean, Kyle Connor, a beauty, another beauty goal up to five on the season. Um, another impressive performance overall by the team. Hey, and how about how about the goal that Kyle Connor didn't score? I mean, well, Remus Hassan, and I, mean, I were I, talking about it, that play. That pass by Shifley was, I mean, that was world-class stuff. For sure. And, and, and exceptional play on a number of fronts, and also because of who he's going up against on that play. Moritz Sider, uh, one, you know, one of the best young defensemen in the league, and he's got such a great long reach, and Shifley takes him wide, and everyone in the building, including Sider, including James Reimer, including myself, think he's going to come out the far side and try to find a late guy coming, a trailer in the slot. And then he doesn't backhand pass it. He goes across the grain on the forehand and leaves the puck in just an exceptional spot. Now, Hus, that was a tougher... Everyone, everyone's thinking, oh, that's just an easy tap-in for Kyle Connor. It's not. Where the puck is situated between his feet and tight to his body... I don't think that Kyle Connor wasn't expecting the pass, but it was in an area that makes it very tough for him to get a lot of, like some people saying he fanned on it or whatever else. It's not a true fan based on where the pass was. And no, it, it is an exceptional pass. It just wasn't, Kyle Connor was a little bit too low to be able to do more with it than what it looked like on TV. Um, Again, it, it's an exceptional play by Shifley, but like this isn't, you know, Reimer, that to me is the most accidental save of the game. I think, you know, it just kind of hit him in the leg because Kyle couldn't get a lot of wood on it. But to me, that's not a, it, it's not an inability for Connor to bury a great play. It was in a spot that made it tough to bear down. Of course, Kyle's an exceptional sniper. He'd want to have that back. But to me, that's not a obvious missed opportunity uh, just because it was kind of put in a place where it was difficult for him to really do much more with it. But having said that, I mean, Kyle's, Kyle's got exceptional hands and, you know, he would like to bury every chance that he's got. And, you know, that's the crazy part about Kyle, like 44 ga- game winners. I mean, it's, a, it's an absurdly high number, um, you know, for a guy who, you know, people criticizing all they want. I mean, is he, you know, about his defensive zone play? I mean, he's not a great defensive player. We know that. But like this guy's one of the purest snipers in the National Hockey League. Very few players have scored more than him since he entered the league as a full-time player. And he'll continue to put up points. And we talked about this going into the year, Huss. You know, outside of Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey and Connor Hellebuck, Kyle Connor's ability to get back to being a you know forty plus goal scorer and ninety plus point player was going to be a big reason that the Jets could maybe build on what they did last year and be more than just a wild card team. No doubt about it. Um, you know, I mean, and that line has been awesome, and, and they continue to generate. You know, without Gabriel Velarde, who seemed like he was such a big part of the chemistry they brought on early, and I think IFL has done really, really well. Um, but Mason Appleton is sort of back home where he belongs. Um, you know, you can decide, you can discuss, you know, the the decision to give him an opportunity up in that Vegas game and early in Edmonton with Shifley and Connor. They quickly made that move after a rough start in Edmonton. And since Appleton has been back with Lowry playing with Nito Niederreiter, it seems like, I mean, that line, it, it, listen, they, they haven't lost a beat with Ayafalo off, and he was such a big part of it to begin. 
And Appleton is quietly sort of getting on the scoreboard as well. Uh, what a play between all three of the members of that line on Appleton's goal, which was a huge one. Detroit was really pressing at the time. Jets holding on a one-goal lead. And then uh, next thing you know, it's behind James Reimer and a much more um, a much more comfortable lead, although people <laughs> say it's the worst league in hockey. <laughs> well, Huss, at the time, it certainly wasn't the worst lead in hockey because most people in the building thought the game was going to be tied uh, based on how the Red Wings were pouring it on in the third period. Uh, the Jets were able to get that goal and just a, a brilliant play all around, as you mentioned. I thought initially in real time, Huss, I know you had a chance to watch it on TV and I know obviously they didn't challenge because it was too close or it was actually, you know, they, they did a great job of, you know, holding the leg or stretching on the entry. Uh, but in real time, I thought there was a chance that that might have been offside on the entry, but it obviously wasn't. Uh, exceptional play by all parties, as you mentioned Adam Lowry with a great pass and just a great job by Appleton to that 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 is the epitome of a net drive. <laughs> he almost ended up crashing himself into the back of the net uh, on the play itself. But yeah, that line was excellent. Uh, Nino Niederreiter getting the empty netter. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers had that great quote about you know his own experience where he went maybe ten games without and got it got one in San Jose and it just started to get on a roll. And it's interesting, Huss, because I thought Nino Nino Niederreiter is a guy who had tons of chances early. And then, you know, after being a little bit snake bitten, it kind of hadn't been as dangerous offensively the last couple of games, but his play along the boards and his ability to battle and win those battles, um, it's uh, it's very interesting to see how his game has risen. Uh, once again here, I really thought that was one of his best games of the year, and he got that reward with the empty netter. And, you know, that line, Hus, that the assignment was exceptional uh you know they did a great job against dylan larkin like that that is a high-end line they were up against alex to alex to doing a great job lucas raymond obviously getting to the net um with that you know with that backhand goal but they, they winning that winning that battle is tough to do and that line was uh, was excellent once again as well as you mentioned well, you mentioned Nikolai Ehlers, and uh, he got off the schneid. I mean, obviously, you could see the relief. I mean, a huge goal to get the team up on the road the way that he did. Um, and, you know, we showed a little uh, earlier, I mean, a good moment with him putting his arm around Perfetti, being thankful for the dish. Um, I, I thought Perfetti's been quite good over the last little bit. That line, and Arneal said as much. I mean, they really liked the way they've been playing. Um, and yet they didn't see the ice as much. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I was sort of surprising to me when I saw the game sheet afterwards and just looked at the numbers. Um, what do you make of just the way that they've been used and Scott O'Neill saying as much afterwards that, you know, he, he's got to get those guys out on the ice a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I understand it's causing lots of consternation, Huss. Um, I think that Cole Perfetti is playing well, for sure. Uh, do, do I think that their play warrants 20 minutes a night yet? No, I, I personally... Don't think that they're ready for that, you know, and it's more about what other guys are doing than what they're not doing. Um, obviously, some of the games, have, we talked about this before, that there have been high-paced games where, you know, whether, you know, and Cole had a, you know, you had Sean on, he had a bad turnover in one of the games. But that, that doesn't mean you're going to be benched or you're not going to play a lot for the rest of the year. There, there are growing pains that come along with being a young player, and he's going through those things right now. Uh, I, I think that he is playing well. I thought that his pass... Uh, to Nikolai Ehlers was another classic example of his brilliant vision, uh, which has been on display a lot. You know, since the since the move to the wing, Hus, a goal and two and three points in four games. I mean, the, the numbers speak for themselves. He's getting the job done. He's taking the move in stride, 
and I think there's a lot of good with what he's been doing. Uh, I thought I liked the fact that he looked for his shot a little bit more often yesterday. Uh, I think that the chemistry is coming along. Perfetti and Ehlers are starting to kind of get on that same wavelength, if you will, in terms of them knowing where one another are on the ice. And Vladislav Nemestikov obviously has has a role to play in that. Um, you know, I, I don't think that their minutes are going to stay at the level that they're at, Huss. Uh, I think they're going to be on the rise for sure. And the fact that, you know, I loved Scott O'Neill's honesty in saying that he wants to get needs to get them out more. Uh, he knows that. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers just played his best game of the year. Uh, I'm not saying that, that Cole Perfetti was being hurt by Nikolai Ehlers' slow start and his frustration with missing training camp and all that. But, I mean, the facts are that that line wasn't, you know, clicking on all cylinders in the early going. Now I'm seeing signs that they are clicking. And since that's been happening, I do expect them to play more. Uh, do I think it's a you know massive oversight by the coaching staff that they haven't been playing a ton? I think this is more about what the fourth line has. It's not a traditional fourth line. I think on a lot of teams that wouldn't be a fourth line. Uh, the fact that they're playing more and being given more responsibility when protecting leads, I think says more about their ability and their strengths than it does about any deficiencies about the Nemesnikov line has to me that that's how I'm viewing it. Having said that, I mean, of course you would like those guys to play more and I do expect them to play more as well. Yeah. And listen, I mean, if they were down three to one, I think you'd probably see, uh, you know, the, uh, the game dictate that maybe they sure. lean a little bit more on offensive players as opposed to, has Arnie said yesterday, trying to shut it down. I'm glad you brought up the fourth line, though, because I think that is sort of what something that a lot of people, you know, don't maybe think about when you're just kind of pegging in ice time. Right. This Jets team is as balanced and deep as we've seen probably since 2017-18. And the performance of that fourth line, shift after shift after shift, Ken, I think is giving, whether it's Bones or Arnie calling the shots, immense confidence to roll all those four lines and then you know in a game like that last night they're throwing Lowry out there against the Dylan Larkin line for that obvious assignment and uh, when Shifley and Connor are going the way they are you want to get those guys out as well and that sort of all conspired to it I certainly would expect that when we look at the game sheet after this game in Montreal tomorrow that those numbers look a little different for Ehlers, Nemetsnikov, and uh, Perfetti. Yeah and no doubt and and as you mentioned, I mean, like Derek Lalonde was was really leaning into that Larkin line, so I think that that almost caused Arneal to double shift the Lowry line as well, which sort of meant that there were a couple of turns skipped for the Perfetti group for sure. And I mean, Cole's a very smart and you know conscientious player for sure, but like, let's not kid ourselves. That's probably not the line that you're throwing out to protect a lead on, on a lot of nights, but you know, Nemestikov is a very sound defensive player. And now I think that now with Ehlers playing with confidence, you can put those guys over the boards in that scenario a little bit more often. And I do think that they're there. The ice time's just going to go up. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers played his best game of the year. Huss. He had been very frustrated <laughs> when I, when I asked him if he thought it was just kind of a matter of time, he basically said, I haven't been close, which you know, and you and you were at the game where he had the high flip over the net, like on the doorstep against LA, and somehow put it into the netting. It was a I mean, field goal. I was going to say that was you know that was something that you don't expect, right? So, uh, confidence is a is a valuable thing, and you know, of course, Cole wants to play more and all of those things, and he will play more. He's going to earn that ice time. He's playing great. He's handled this incredibly well. He's not banging on the GM's door saying, "I need to play more. I'm out of here. Let's just all take a deep breath." 
the ice time <laughs> the ice time will be on the rise and Cole will be continue to be a valuable player. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played a full season in the National Hockey League. Uh, I was talking about this with Nate Schmidt the other day, and Nate was laughing. He goes, I was still in college when Cole, like when I was Cole Perfetti's age. So the fact that he's not playing 20 minutes a game, like just soak it in, let the kid, he's learning uh, and he's getting a great opportunity and he will continue to see his role on the Jets grow. And he's going to be one of the cornerstone players of this franchise, provided he stays healthy. And and that's an important mm-hmm. thing for Cole Perfetti uh, moving forward. But back to the fourth line, Huss, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, David Gustafson scoring the other night. Huss, he had one of the best chances he's had at the, at two nothing. He had an incredible chance in the slot. He just slid the shot wide. I thought he had James Reimer beaten, and he did, but he didn't bury it. They go back the other way. Raymond scores, but there too, that fourth line didn't get frustrated by that. They were able to continue to work hard and do a nice job. Uh, defensively and getting some offensive zone time on their shifts. We've said this a lot. They're not treading water us. This fourth line is playing well. They're, they've been able to generate opportunities, zone time. And, you know, they got a goal the other night. Barron is up to two already. Kapari has been buzzing around. And us, the other part of the equation for all the people that were on Mark Shifley, Mark Shifley has shown in these first seven games that he is dedicated to being a better 200 foot player. I thought he broke up at least two potential goals scoring opportunities in the first period against the Red Wings. And, you know, people made all the jokes that they want about empty net points for him and Blake Wheeler right now. Mark Shifley deserves to be on the ice late in games. He's been excellent in the circle and he's making smart plays. He's not flying the zone and cheating to get cookie offense. He's doing a nice job on all of those areas that he needed to. And, and that's another reason why that line is out there later in games. Well, and, and listen, I mean, I, I said it a million times. It used to drive me nuts um, back in the Maurice era where sure. it, it seemed like, you know, Maurice was doing that just to placate his star players and give them opportunities to pad the stats. I, I agree with you right now. Uh, but here's the thing in these moments as well, it's not like they're just putting those guys out, like they're doing it. But we've seen a lot of the third line, and we've seen the fourth line too. And this goes back to Edmonton on Saturday night, you know, in a tie game late, going up against the likes of McDavid and Dreisaitl. We're seeing Kapari and Barron and Gustafson, and uh, all those things are real positive, uh, positive uh, moves for uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Ken, just before we talk about Montreal, um, just thoughts on uh, what you saw from the blue line at Little Caesars last night. Yeah, it's interesting, Hassa. I know you talked about this with Craig Button. I was I was catching up on some episodes on the flight today, and uh, I would say the Jets' defense core has been, you know, pretty steady. Um, room for improvement, though, I think for me, and I don't just mean the defense core as a whole. I, I know you asked me specifically about them, but I think they're team defense there it's still a work in progress which is natural for the first you know 10 to 20 games of the year for any team uh because they had a long way to go uh, even though they made some strides last year obviously in the first half of the year i think it's it's more uh going to, going to be a cumulative effect that takes you know throughout the course of the year uh, i do think that the defending element is is steady and it's getting better uh i think you know the the high dangers were i think 12 11 yesterday uh, including all situations and 8 7 8 7 and 5 on 5 so i think they're doing a pretty good job i think they need to be a little bit more efficient in terms of their exit zone exits and their you know breakouts and things of that nature 
Uh, I would say, you know, could Declan Chisholm be part of that solution until Vili Hanel is ready? I'm not sure. Uh, my curiosity, Huss, would tell me that I would like to see him in a game. Uh, having said that, I, I don't know that I, I'm not expecting that to happen on Saturday night against the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, I would say that that's one element where I think they need to be a little bit more uh, efficient. I know we've talked a lot about Neil Pionk. I'm seeing a lot of good signs from Neil. Uh, but I, I still don't think he's back to the level he was at those first two seasons with the Jets. Now, you know, people can cite analytics or some of the other numbers, but I do think he's healthier and he's playing with a little bit more of that, that snarl and Ed. Most part, I, I still see I see room for improvement. I, I don't see a group that is deficient, but I do see a group that that probably, if they want to get to where they want to get to. They're going to have to elevate their game over the course of the year, which is what all teams are trying to do. But uh, I see a lot of good from Josh Morrissey in his pairing with Dylan DeMello. Uh, and then I see, you know, Dylan, Dylan Sandberg is making some strides, uh, you know, and I, you know, you're seeing, you know, I think that Neil Pionk has played a solid game when Brendan Dillon's been back with him. And, you know, Nate, Nate's responded um, since the healthy scratch. I mean, I still think that he's finding his legs after the injury on, you know, basically day two of training camp. Um, but, you know, it, it's a work in progress, Huss, but I, I do see some signs that they're trending towards a direction which would which would be, you know, equated to improvement. Um, Ken, in the past with this hockey club over the years, we've seen we've seen an inability to really get on extended winning streaks and uh, you you'll win or two, sometimes three. And this is a game that I will admit from a fan perspective, makes me a little nervous, a team that, you know, <laughs> a game that the jets will be favored in. This is a game that sometimes we haven't seen their best out of it. Um, that being said, I think we're seeing a lot of trends right now that would give you confidence that this team can replicate these performances um, you know, against a team like Montreal, what do you make of their challenge tomorrow to go in and um, continue this streak and uh, come back to Winnipeg on a four-game heater? Yeah, Huss, what I would say is I know where you're coming from. I don't, I don't see the Jets getting fat on their press clippings, having won three in a row. I, I know that that's kind of the the road you were sort of leaning on here. Uh, that's not to say that there, there's not the ability to have a potential letdown uh, during the schedule, but. It's funny, I would say that most fans or pundits would have looked at this part of the schedule going into the year and say, saying it's maybe a softer part of the schedule, yet the Red Wings were off to a 5-1-1 start and the, and the Canadians are you know, unexpectedly playing better than we were expecting them to as well. So uh, there's always teams that sort of jump out to great starts. I mean, we saw it last year with Buffalo you know, scoring at a ridiculous rate. They still missed the playoffs. Detroit was in a playoff spot for a long time. They missed... So it's interesting, too, because, Haas, you know this, the Jets have played Montreal late in seasons a lot when they were kind of down and out in Beverly Hills, and they've still given the Jets trouble at various points and time because of the speed game that they play. But I would say that with the changes to the forward group, I think the Jets are, are much better equipped to handle that speed that Montreal can play with under Marty St. Louis. Um, what I will say is that they're going to have to be sharp because the buy-in is there with the Montreal Canadiens as well. So uh, this isn't just a open space on the bingo card special on a Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, what I will say is that I expect the Jets to be ready. And, and Huss, I say that because of the early struggles in terms of the standings. I mean, 
Mason Appleton put it best. He said, like, these guys couldn't believe that they were one in three or one in, you know, one in three to start the year. So I think that allows them to have a little bit easier perspective on going up against a team like Montreal, who, you know, most people still find, put them in the tanking category or, or the rebuild category, even though they've kind of gotten off to this great start along with teams like the Philadelphia Flyers, who are also expected to be more in the bottom third and in the running for Philly's the first Philly's caught overall. a lot of good teams off guard yeah, at home for so sure. far this season. Three times, in fact. Minnesota last night, they yeah. beat to Edmonton earlier. I mean, there, there's no freebies in the National Hockey League. Nope, and, exactly. Uh, I think the Jets are going to need to be ready for it. Um, you mentioned you're working on a piece on the Barron brothers. I'm sure Mama and Papa Barron and probably a few people from the Maritimes are going to be heading out to Bell Center for this game. And give us a little tease on uh, Morgan versus Justin. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it's just fun. To, you know, Morgan's a really thoughtful guy. Huss, uh, you know, whether it was talking to him about being in the uh, Manitoba Open or, you know, I, we know he was under the spotlight last year with the massive gash. Uh, um, you know, everyone joking about the modeling career. But, uh, you know, Morgan's a really thoughtful individual. And, you know, these guys are from Nova Scotia and very proud to be from there, Huss. They were the first, you know, Nova Scotian brothers to play in the NHL, let alone play against one another. And, uh, you know, it dates back to the old days and, you know, whether it's mini sticks in the basement or road hockey out front or uh, all of those things that go with, you know, people of a certain age group and bracket, if you will. Uh, these guys grew up loving the game. You know, you're sitting on the backyard, you know, wanting to go to the NHL. And guess what? Like the only thing better than the backdoor rink game against your brother is having another 22,000 people uh, <laughs> chanting. No, not necessarily chanting your name. Like, you know, for us, as we think of the Albert Canadian Tire commercials <laughs> yes. as teenagers, right? Like this is what it's like in the backyard in Nova Scotia. Now you get to do it in one of the most, you know, I I know it's not the forum, but it's still one of the most famous facilities Absolutely. in the National Hockey League. And on a Saturday night, when when the Montreal Canadiens are a good team, the atmosphere, the Olays will be flying in there. And I think that these two guys, they have immense respect for one another, a mutual admiration, but they're also fiercely competitive with one another as well. Uh, it's just such a proud moment for for the parents to be able to see them go head to head as well, and it just it's just a great little piece and slice of Canadiana Hus, and it, it's fun to chronicle and document these kind of moments. And you know, some players yesterday, you know, today the Jets are off today, just for context. So I needed to have this conversation with Morgan yesterday on a game day, um, you know, for him to spend you know six seven minutes with me talking. Uh, you know, rolling back the archives for me. I, I was so appreciative because, you know, on a game day, some guys like to just stick to their routine and don't really want to spend a whole lot of time talking. But, you know, these stories are really important and I really feel privileged to be able to tell them. So I'm glad that they're able to take a little bit of time out of their, <laughs> their busy days. And uh, I'm excited about, for that one to drop later this afternoon and then to be in the the pages of the Freep on, on Saturday here. I know it's a busy sports weekend <laughs> on a lot of fronts here. No doubt about it. Um, just quickly, I know you're uh, talking to your colleagues uh, in and around Montreal. What's the latest on the Habs going into tomorrow night's game? And um, I see Jake Evans is right now looking like he's uh, in its center on the fourth line. Any aftermath still between these clubs on the infamous Shifley hit from the playoffs a few years ago? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, people have long memories for sure, Huss, but I, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, 
you know, I don't see any any uh, any slap shot bounty uh, sort of retribution being sought here. It's a long time ago, and you know, I, I just don't think that it's you know a lot of a lot. Of, there's a lot of water under the bridge since that time, and I just don't think there's been really any opportunity for uh, the fireworks to erupt because these teams play twice a year, and you know, it, one of those years, neither one of them was was very good, quite frankly. So. Um, we know that from the Canadian division days, they played a ton, but, um, I don't see there being any spillover and, you know, Mark is, is playing at such a level. I don't think that he would, you know, need to be getting involved in any extracurriculars in a oh, game like this. The guy's been fighting every second game this year. He's ready to, <laughs> he's ready to dance. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not ready. I'm just <laughs> saying that, uh, I would expect him to continue to push, uh, you know, it's a, it's another Saturday night game. Uh, Mark, Mark doesn't mind the spotlight. And I would imagine that he's got uh, other priorities in mind. Huss, that's what, that's what, that's what I see from Mark Shifley on the daily here. So uh, I'm not expecting any, we have, we have long memories as well in the media, but I just don't mm-hmm. think that uh, it's something that, that is going to be uh, top of mind for anyone. Hey, let me, uh, just before we go, let me ask you uh, this. Of course, the attendance has been a big story this year um, and and will continue to be. Uh, We know how important this team is to the community. We know what the team has been um, the first time around here. Uh, I thought it was incredibly important that Winnipeg Jet fans hear from Mark Chipman in his own words. He did that yesterday on the TSN platform. We played a bunch of the clips and discussed it uh, extensively. Overall, from what I'm seeing, a very positive response from Jet fans, and I thought it was important. Just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what you heard from Mark and um, the messaging from uh, the guy at the top of the chain here with the Jets. Yeah, I mean, he made it clear that the the Jets are in it for the long haul. They're not. There's not. There's not a moving truck. There's. There's not going to be a. Uh, art model special where the truck is backed <laughs> up in the middle of the night and you're driving the team to another city. Now you know. Mark also acknowledged that there was a lot of work to be done and they're looking to, you know, re-engage with the fan base and then, you know, especially with the corporate, they've been doing a lot of work on that corporate side. So um, I would say that they're, that, you know, efforts are being made to, you know, ease some things over or whatever you want to call it, uh, mend some fences or, or, you know, extend some, extend some chat ways like we had talked about it's important for all parties to get feedback and uh, i think it's clear that true north is going to be listening and they are committed to this market so uh you know like i said it's it's a it's a three-dimensional street here with the the you know the individual fans the corporate community and true north and and they're going to have to find some solutions and uh it made it clear that the jets are you know not going to be moving on mark chipman's watch and you know I would say that's probably good news for the community, but I would say that there's a lot of hard work to be done uh, on all those fronts. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the uh, the key things are some of the things that you mentioned, and he mentioned that it is on us. I mean, I think there's been plenty of reflection as to how things have gone and decisions, you know, made over the last little while. And bottom line is it's about moving forward, um, reversing this trend, and uh, there's a lot of work to be done. But uh, I think that that messaging from Mark Chipman yesterday was appreciative by, uh, by Jet fans. Quickly on the way out, we got that uh, Heritage Classic on the weekend between two struggling teams in Alberta. Um, but the New York Rangers have contributed to that with uh, back-to-back wins in uh, against the Oilers and Flames. What do you expect on Monday, um, regardless of tomorrow, when uh, we'll probably see some funny costumes in the stands and we know we'll see former captain Blake Wheeler coming back for his first time as a visitor at Canada Life Centre? 
Yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun game. I mean, obviously things haven't gone particularly well for Blake. Uh, his role has, has been mentioned. I mean, he's only playing about 12 minutes a game, but, uh, you know, Blake signed for to try to win a Stanley Cup. So would he like to be playing better coming here? For sure. I would say his reception is going to be a little warmer than it was for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be a special night. I would imagine he's going to have some family in for the game, and I'm sure he'll be highly motivated to uh, to get rolling here and you know put his best foot forward. And uh, you know, we know that the message that he sent uh, on his way out when his his buyout was announced publicly, uh, we know that the community meant a lot or means a lot to Blake and Sam Wheeler and their children. And, and I would think that uh, he's going to soak in everything uh, that happens with. And I would, I, I'm gonna, I'm just expecting the video to tribute to last a little bit longer than the one for Dubois did. Uh, and I would say it's probably going to be a, a pretty warm reception. Weaver, don't stay out too late tonight in Montreal. I know there's a lot of fun to be had in that city. <laughs> don't Cur- worry, Hustle. World, effect. World, world Series is on. Uh, got the uh, Rock and the Orange for the uh, Winkler Flyers, number one team in in, yes. uh, in the C and the Canadian rankings. Uh, what else did I have for you? And I'm happy to report that I did not contribute the Sports Illustrated jinx to Joel Hofer. Shout out for the first career shutout a couple days after the feature from Ken Weeb in the Winnipeg Free Press. So happy to not be uh, tossing the hex around. Uh, these parts so good news all around us uh, enjoy the football game enjoy the weekend and uh, i'll look forward to seeing your costume uh, on on some sort of social media platform here yeah i just need a taylor swift uh, that's all that's all i need for uh, you know you know i got the kelsey ready to go um i love it I hey love it. have a good one we'll look forward to knr after the game tomorrow in montreal travel safely and we'll see you back in the rink on monday for uh, a big welcome back for blake wheeler and the new york rangers yeah, have a great weekend and uh, best to Hacksaw as you break down the NFL matchups here this weekend. Take you care. You got man. it. Uh, the NFL Notebook is coming up next with Hacksaw. Great stuff with Ken Weave. And check out the free press. Ken will have that piece on the Barron Brothers uh, for online subscribers a little later on. And it will be in the pages of the Saturday edition. Of course, we had a great chat with Eddie Tate earlier um, on the Bomber game tonight, finishing up the regular season and getting ready for the playoffs. All our Bomber reports brought to you by Princess Auto. And Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers. And uh, we'll be welcoming Bomber fans two hours before the game to the Princess Auto tailgate zone outside Canada, or outside IG Field, excuse me, for the big playoff game on November 11th. Of course, Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them online or in-store today. You can shop online 24-7, 365, and uh, they'll help you make it work. Um, Got to thank our friends at Consolidated Supply. Uh, of course, not as much irrigation work being done in the middle of the winter, but uh, Consolidated Supply are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, golf carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba, but they've also got other great options for your property, uh, like hot tubs, which might go very well with the upcoming Winnipeg winter, not to mention amazing outdoor kitchen options. And hey, 12 months a year, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see Consolidated Supply at their showroom, open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East, or check them out online at cte.ca. I know our gang at Royal Sports is ready for a busy couple months heading into Christmas, but uh, we'll get to Christmas in a bit. We got some playoff football coming up on November 11th. 
and the Jets back in town with a bunch of new players. I know there's probably a lot of fans thinking, oh, I'm going to get a jersey. Who do I want? Maybe one of the newcomers. Uh, maybe you've been waiting to get a 55 or 37, and now knowing that they have committed to another seven years with Winnipeg, it's time to get on that. The best spot for your Winnipeg Blue Bomber merchandise, Bomber merch and Winnipeg Jets gear is, of course, Royal Sports doing it for 40 years. Great NFL selection and so much more. Raptors in the NBA now back on the court. And listen, uh, if you've played hockey in this town, you know that for 40 years, Royal Sports has been the family-owned hockey superstore with the best selection for players of all skill levels and all ages. Get on down, Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram, at Royal Sports Pemina. And just before we bring in Hacksaw, kind of an interesting Thursday nighter last night. Uh, great night to get down to Boston Pizza, though, with a little double dip with the Jets and, and uh, the uh, NFL game tonight. We've got the Bombers and the World Series. And you know that the best place to get together with your friends for the big game is your local BP. Enjoy those ice-cold schooners, world-famous Boston's wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And if you're staying at home, order online and get it delivered at home at bostonpizza.com. All right. Big weekend in the NFL. No teams on the bye. So let's welcome in none other than Lee Hacksaw Hamilton for the Friday NFL Notebook. Saw, what is up? How are you? Governor, hey, point of information, full disclosure, my hoodie is better than your hoodie. Look at that one. Rocking the Jets. We're on a heater lead. Three in a row. Big win last night in, uh, big win last night in Detroit. Well, next week, I'll show up wearing my Edmonton Oiler hoodie and you won't like me. Hey, yeah, big weekend at National Football League. Uh, there's a lot of stories here. Uh, I sent the notebook headlines to you a little bit late, but Let's start about what's going on with the NFL competition committee. You know, we, we talked and we joked, Hustler, about the brotherly love shove and the tush push and all that. Competition committee is holding emergency conference calls. There have been an alarming number of injuries in these goal line quarterback sneaks with the brotherly love shove and the tush push. And the worst one happened in Minnesota right across the street from you when Brock Purdy of the 49ers tried to quarterback sneak with the, the tush push and got speared in the helmet by a Viking linebacker and suffered a significant concussion. There have been seven major injuries in about four hmm. weeks since this Philadelphia Eagle quarterback sneak tush push thing kind of became vogue. But the NFL competition committee, which doesn't change rules in midstream hardly at all, is talking just about the dangers you know, historically, there's a lot of junk that happens at the bottom of the pile on a goal line play. Now you got quarterbacks getting blasted. And the fact that Brock Purdy tried to dive in, didn't go over the top where he could have got planted, tried to dive in behind the center and just got plastered with a helmet hit that I think is going to wind up being a big fine to the Viking linebacker. The league is really alarmed about this, this injury factor about what's going on. There have been guys who've suffered uh, dislocated kneecaps, torn ligaments at the bottom of the pile when all the bodies are crushing in. So we'll see if the league makes a change there, but that's, that's a big competition committee story there. Well, Lee, you know, you know, on the brotherly shove or the tush push, however people want to call it, this is sort of an Eagles specialty. The Eagles do it better than anybody else. They do it with almost, um, I mean, perfect success. 
it hasn't been that way for many of the other teams that are trying to emulate what Philadelphia is doing. How much of this is injury-related, and how much is this just frustration that the rest of the league can't do what the Eagles are doing at such a high level with the makeup of their line? Well, I think it's it's all injury-driven because you don't want to lose quarterbacks on these kind of hits. And, and the collisions and then the second guy into the pile while the pile is still moving – that's what happened in the Viking game with the 49ers is Brock Purdy didn't get much of a push as he tried to go forward and then second attempt pushed onto the hip of the center who was at the bottom of the pile and a Viking linebacker came flying and led with his helmet and just blasted him. I mean, if, if you ever see the video close, you, you see Purdy's head snap when he got hit with the helmet and he was totally stationary. So it, it, I, it's an injury factor. You know, there's people barking about what Miami's doing. Miami puts guys in motion right before the snap. Nobody's ever done that before. Normally, when you motion guys in the backfield, they, they come out of their stance and they go left or they go right and they go behind the quarterback, et cetera. Miami created this thing about four weeks ago where they get their, their wide receiver slow-mo in motion, ball snapped. And the defenses are starting to lean one way because they see the motion man go. And they investigated that. Is that a legal procedure? But no, because the wide receiver was set before he did a slow-mo move and then went down the field. So everybody's trying to get an edge. But I think this this thing is, is all injury-related, and it's it's really dangerous. Mike McDaniel been watching a little CFL ball when he's cooking up some of his, uh, his plays. Um, well, Lee, you mentioned Brock Purdy. We may as well get to there. We'll start. I mean, there are some concerns for availability of quarterbacks um, in a number of markets in the NFL. We saw Brock Purdy miss practice on Wednesday, return to practice yesterday. What are you hearing about Purdy and the other QB injuries as we head into the NFL weekend? Well, I hear Sam Darnold is going to start this weekend against Cincinnati. So that's item one. But Purdy only did walk through stuff. He did not do any physical exertion. I just don't know that he can come out of concussion protocol with a snap of the fingers. Uh, Raiders, they haven't decided who's going to be their quarterback this week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has a bruised back. A lot of people don't know he was hospitalized. They thought he had significant internal injuries, and I don't know whether that was kidney or liver, but but he's been out and he's not practicing. So the Raiders may go with this young rookie from Purdue, Aiden O'Connell, as compared to the old dog, Brian Hoyer, because they turned it over a bunch last week. Uh, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, He's been playing through a fractured finger on his left non-throwing hand. Uh, they've braced it up. They put a big glove on it. He's got no mobility at all with that hand. And he's been trying to play quarterback and hand off with one hand. He's trying to be in the pocket and not take a stride where the left hand goes lead forward with the glove and the, and the splint and can get hit. He's just not completing a lot of passes and not doing very much down the field. And that, obviously, the Chargers are struggling. He's going to try to play this week with only a splint and no glove on the hand. He's taken a little bit of risk there. A weird story in Tennessee. Two angles to the story. One, they may about be about to blow up their roster. Two, they may about give up on Ryan Tannehill, who's, who's really played really poorly. Tannehill is out with an ankle. Trade deadline is coming, so keep an eye on that. I don't quite understand what's going on in Arizona. Kyler Murray's only been back 10 days after the intensive rehab for the better part of a year with a knee, they're playing so poorly, uh, not competitive at all. There, there's talk that Kyler Murray may be the starting quarterback this week for the Arizona Cardinals a year removed. 
uh, from the torn ligament. Hey, just really- on, hey, Lee, just before you move on from the Cardinals, I wanted to ask you about Murray and his future with the organization. There was a lot of people that didn't think that he'd play this year. And, I mean, listen, with the trade that they made for the Texans' first-round pick, they were already looking ahead to potentially picking a quarterback. What's your sense of Kyler's future with the Cardinals and uh, potentially there or elsewhere? Well, he has to prove to the new coaching staff that he's a complete quarterback, and that means not only doing it on the field, but it means doing it in the classroom because it just continues to be uh, this cloud around him that he's not a student of the game. Now, the, the, the flip side of that is you just can't cut guys if you gave big money contract extensions yeah. too. There's huge salary cap implications, and you can't trade guys like that either. So I, I think that they're married to him for at least another year with the new coaching staff with, with Jonathan Gannon. I, He's got to prove a bunch of things here. He's also got to prove he can stay on the field and stay healthy. And the other quarterback uh, storyline is with the New York Giants, and this is not good. Uh, Daniel Jones has just taken a fierce pounding the last three years, and now he's out with a neck injury. And there seems to be some conversation that the injury is so significant, maybe they don't put him on back on the field right now, and they'll just go with the backup Tyrod Taylor. But they signed him to a monster contract, almost $50 million dollars, uh, during the course of the summer, he's taken such a pounding because his offensive line is deplorable and they don't have a lot of skill guys. So I, I don't know what the Giants' decision is going to be, but they got to do a better job protecting whoever the quarterback is. And this kid has just gotten lit up two years in a row, and now he's got a neck injury. Those things are, are really scary. That's, so that's your, your quarterback report. Well, I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised when you saw you know, the way he was getting killed week in and week out behind that offensive line in New York. I mean, it almost seemed like it was uh, bound to happen. Lee, uh, you know, Viking fans around here still fired up over that big win over the Niners on, on Monday night. And that that win was so significant because, you know, they come into the game at two and four. Everyone expects them to lose and be at two and five. Now, their schedule does lighten up a little bit going forward some big divisional games but you know they played the Chiefs they played the Niners right now I think a lot of people thought they'd be two and five and if they've lost this game at two and six they potentially start moving players I think the Minnesota situations changed significantly but we did hear potential players like Daniel Hunter maybe being on the trade block with the deadline just around the corner what are the teams that you're paying close attention to and players that could be on the move and we'll hear more about in the coming week? Well, you know, they'd they have a better record of Kevin O'Connell not screwed up a play call in in that game against the Chargers. Uh, but that being said, her cousins one week throws for 137 yards, the next week throws for 387. Wish somebody could explain that Without to me. Justin Jefferson against San Francisco. Yeah, I concur with you wholeheartedly. So explain all that. I can't believe that they would trade Hunter. I mean, there's a contract issue there they're going to have to address, but everybody's got to address contract issues at some point down the road uh, with their star players. Hopefully they get it done because he's a really fine player. It'd be less of a team if he's not part of the equation. But I'll, I'll tell you this, and I remember telling you a year ago this week that the landscape of the NFL had changed. There's a new breed of general manager that are running games, and obviously analytics are part of the National Football League now. And whereas the trade deadline used to come and go, and there might be one deal or two, I think last year we had 15. New general managers are changing the way they're doing business in the National Football League, Andrew. And they're, they're moving out players. They're moving players with big contracts they don't want anymore. In some cases, they don't care about draft capital. So we could see a whole pile of trades 
on the 31st when the deadline comes. Names to pay attention to. Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans. They look like they're about to step into the land of massive rebuild and get rid of a whole pile more of people. Cowboys are really interested in him. I heard Baltimore's interested in Henry. And he's a cheap rental because the back half of the schedule, all, all he is due is $5.8 million. He's got a very affordable contract. And I don't think he's done. I think what's happened to him statistically with the Titans is their offensive line has gone through transition and they can't keep the quarterback on the field. Henry could be traded. Keep an eye on Chase Young. At one time, a really fierce pass rusher with Washington. He's been slow to come back from major reconstructive knee surgeries, former Ohio State star. They didn't pick up the option on his contract the fifth year. He could be traded because Washington's season's kind of getting away from them. Um, something might happen in Denver. I mean, they're playing really poorly. They do have multiples of receivers led by Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. They may just say, okay, we're going to rebuild this whole thing. And Sean Payton will you know, bite the bullet and just start trading people to stockpile draft picks. So keep an eye on that. Carolina's winless. Jeremy Chin, young safety, has played well, but he's been hurt. He's got a contract issue. Carolina might turn around and move him. Dalvin Cook evidently is asked to be traded with the Jets. He's only been there a month and a half, and he's just not getting a lot of snaps because Brees Hall is playing really well. So maybe the Jets move him out for a late-round draft pick, and he can go play his trade somewhere else. Hunter Renfro, Raiders available, route runner, big contract. They're going to move him. They're trying to trade him to get somebody who can rush the quarterback because the Raiders' defense is bad. And Marquise Brown, a little guy wide receiver, Arizona, he might be trade bait too. So, like I said, we had 15 deals at the deadline last October. I think we could have that many this year because the guys making the decisions are cut from a different cloth from the old-time general managers in the NFL. I certainly agree. By the way, folks, Marbles uh, Reg is open. Put an exclamation mark. Marbles will uh, finish up the week with the Marble Race coming up in a few minutes after we finish up with Hacksaw. Uh, No teams on the bye this week, Lee, so we've got a, a big, big slate of games. Buffalo survived the Bucks last night, um, and we move on to some marquee games. I, I want to ask you quickly your thoughts on the Vikings going into Green Bay, coming off that big win against San Francisco, although on a short week against a Packer team that you know has struggled as of late. Thoughts on that one, and uh, some of the other top games on the uh, on the docket. Well, I think the whole theory in Green Bay is is how's Jordan Love play now that he has the keys to the car. Played well early. Of late, not playing that well, throwing interceptions. I think they're defending him a little bit differently. And, you know, these defensive coordinators, they'll look at video. They'll find something that really makes you feel uncomfortable, and they'll defend you to make you feel uncomfortable. And I think that's what's happened. But I'm fascinated at the kid's composure. And Jordan Love, I, I think, is going to be a decent NFL quarterback, but he's going through a bit of a bumpy ride right now with a learning curve because I think defenses have kind of caught up to him a little bit. This is a must-win game for Minnesota because they, they're trying to claw their way back into it, and you got to do it. Again. You know, you got that one win that nobody expected. Don't have a letdown. Go back and get it done again. And I, I just think that Minnesota, with Cousins winging it, will probably outgun Green, Green Bay in that game. Uh, Rams-Dallas. Uh, I feel really badly for Matthew Stafford because he's not got a lot of help around him in that lineup in L.A., and here comes Dallas. And Dallas is more than Dak Prescott. Uh, Dallas's receivers are starting to play better. Prescott is starting to move the pocket a little bit more like he did when he was a young quarterback in Dallas. Cowboys just bring the heat. And I just don't know that the Rams have enough defense to pass protect 
uh, Matthew Stafford. New England, Miami. The Patriots looked to be dead and gone and came back and beat the Bills a week ago. Uh, this New England team, I don't know if they figured it out with the quarterback, Mac Jones, but they go play Miami. So you got two as offense against Belichick's defense. Fascinating matchup. You got a bad Miami defense against suddenly Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien maybe have found some formula that's going to get the ball down the field and they're going to score some points. Uh, and the other, the wild card in the whole thing in the Miami conversation, Tyree Kill has missed two days of practice with a bruised tip. Now, he says he's going to play. question is, how long will he hold up when he does play? Fascinating game. Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, the newly acquired receiver Calvin Ridley. Their offense is really moving. But by the way, across the line of scrimmage, that is T.J. Watt coming. That's going to be a fun game because the Pittsburgh defense has propelled those guys into first place in the AFC North. And Pittsburgh, you and I talked about, they looked, they looked utterly incompetent the first three to four weeks of the season. And Mike Tomlin has dragged them, kicking and screaming, into first place in the AFC North. So that, I think that game is really going to be good. And then we got the battle of the first-round draft pick quarterbacks. Now, we're not saying that Houston and Carolina are good teams, or surely not. But you got C.J. Stroud, who's playing really well for the Texans. And you got Bryce Young, who's gone through a real rugged time with an 0-6 Carolina team. So, fascinating games this weekend. Not a lot of sexy games, as we've seen the last couple of weeks. But they're games worth paying attention to. Lee, we got Pox back. The NBA's back. A huge weekend in the National Football League. Oh, and the World Series. Um, quick thought on the... D-backs, Rangers, World Series matchup and uh, fill people in. I'm sure that best 15 minutes is probably about a best half hour right now with everything going on in the world of sports. There's a ton of stuff on my website. My, actually, my one man's opinion column today was, how the hell do these guys get here? Talking about who's in the World Series. I mean, th you just think about this. Texas lost 101 games two years ago. Arizona lost 110 games two years ago. Now, this World Series is the Grand Canyon State versus the Lone Star State. This World Series is the farm system versus free agency. Because when Texas was rotten, they spent $513 millions in two winters to rebuild that roster. That's why they're in the World Series. When Arizona was rotten, what they did was fast forward and push all their kids to the majors. Those kids have hung in there and have not woken up scared and have played very well. Who's going to win? Hell if I know. I think it's going to be Texas. But I think the other sidebar storyline, who's not here? That's the shocker. There's no Atlanta. There's no Philadelphia. No Dodgers. No Houston. No Padres. Obviously, no Yets, no, no Yankees. So, I mean, this is the strangest uh, baseball playoff series and season that we've seen. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'll be intrigued to see what the TV ratings are. Last Monday, I just dug this up. Last Monday, the NFL game drew 18.6 million. It was going against the final game of the Texas-Houston baseball playoffs. They only drew $6.8 So this World Series is kind of like the southwest corner of our country. Does anybody in L.A. care? Anybody in New York or Chicago care? I wonder what the TV ratings are going to be. Uh, we'll uh, find out about it. We'll obviously check out LeeHacksawHamilton.com. And gang, make sure to click the link over to Hacksaw's YouTube channel. Give him a sub there. And uh, he's also the king of Instagram now. So uh, check that out. Saw. So, Great having you on the program. Enjoy what should be a great sports weekend, and we'll catch up next week. 
Hey, you wear your Halloween outfit next week, and I'll wear one of my other NHL hoodies. Have yourself a great sports weekend. Us look. <laughs> Looking great. There's the man himself. Rocking a Jets hoodie today for us on WST. The one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. All right, Marbles continues to be open. We'll shut it down in just a couple minutes. So last call for that. Exclamation mark Marbles in the chat. You know how all that works. Um, and, hey, I want to thank our friends over at Little Brown Jug. Big weekend coming up with the Bombers and the Jets on the road. Great time. Maybe on the way back from work or uh, after you finish up on Friday, head on over to uh, your favorite beer store or Little Brown Jug in on William Avenue and get stocked up for a Friday night Bombers and Saturday night Winnipeg Jets. And, of course, speaking of the Bombers and Jets, when you're attending IG Field or Canada Life Centre, make sure to check out Craft Beer Corner at the rink or the poutineries in the hometown uh, concession locations where you can buy 1919 at both venues and uh, our favorite generic lager also available at the downtown arena. Find out more on Little Brown Jug, everything they've got cooking, beers, merchandise, and events, littlebrownjug.ca. Uh, and they also do have citywide delivery options as well if you want to check them out there. And, uh, hey, i got to give a shout-out to our pal Nick and Nikki, pals Nick and Nikki in the Nick and Nikki DQ group. Four locations in Winnipeg and outside of the city, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And for folks that are out in Niverville, make sure you check out their new Pita Pit as well. Pita Pit Niverville, now open, healthy, fresh, delicious, fast, you know it. And also great catering as well. If you've got any catering needs, Nick and Nikki would love to help you out. Hit them up on Twitter at Pita Pit Niverville. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here. And uh, Remo will quickly get to the cool bet lines and get ready for a little bit of a uh, little bit of marbles magic for the end of the uh, end of the uh, the program. Uh, good stuff though with Hacksaw, Ken, and Ed, kind of covering all our bases on a busy Friday here on WST. Yeah, it was. You're hearing Ed say he got on the plane for the Bomber game and he didn't know who some of the people were because <laughs> because they're resting so many of the starters. And, yeah, this is kind of like CFL week 21 here. The Bombers are playing tonight, but as he said, it's not like the regular Bombers. Almost in preseason territory. I mean, Toronto, they've been resting guys for weeks. So uh, we got that. Uh, NHL, great talking with Ken and Hoxha. He just knows about everything. You get into NFL, World Series, we're in a Jets hoodie. This was fun. We, covered, we did cover everything. Yeah, no doubt. Great comment from SK. Uh, it literally astounds me as to much Hacksaw knows. He is dialed in with so much sports knowledge. I swear he doesn't sleep as his hard drive's hooked up to the back of his head, plugged in. Great stuff from, uh, from Hacksaw. Appreciate that comment, SK. And uh, Donnie Boy. Down with the LBJ, the Little Brown Jug Cranberry Kolsch. That sounds like a good addition to the uh, to the weekend for sure. All right, get in there! Exclamation mark marbles, Remo. Uh, maybe in a minute you can uh, round that up. Let me get you to our cool bet lines. And uh, I was wondering what the heck we were going to see tonight as far as a line for this Winnipeg Calgary game. I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Um, listen, Drew Brown's going for the uh, the Bombers Calgary resting a number of their starters. This is a game where both teams just want to survive. Bombers are two-and-a-half-point favorites and minus 143 on the money line. And we do now have a line for tomorrow afternoon's game between the Ticats and the Montreal Alouettes. Montreal, a one-and-a-half-point home favorite. We didn't even have CFL lines yesterday on the lock shop, so we did not do a lock shop partner parlay for the CFL this week. 
Um, but we do have a lot cooking for the NFL. Just quickly looking to see if we've got a line yet. No, no lines yet for tomorrow's game between the Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. That will be up. Uh, pay attention to Cool Bet tomorrow for those options, as well as uh, I'm sure we'll be doing a Winnipeg Sports Talk DraftKings contest uh, for the hockey, and of course, get in for the Sunday NFL contest as well. Speaking of, we'll go to the NFL in a second. Major League Baseball series gets going tonight. D-backs plus 135 underdogs on the road against the Rangers, who are minus 154 favorites. And to win the series, the Rangers are minus 182 and the D-backs plus 157. you got a bunch of other markets and options for the series as well over at CoolBet. And as far as the NFL goes, uh, full breakdown of our favorite games and our best bets on the lock shop earlier today. Um, couple of key games. We talked about that Vikes pack game at Lambeau tomorrow at noon, or sorry, Sunday at noon. Vikings one and a half point favorites and minus 123 on the money line. Uh, you've got the uh, that Jag Steelers game that uh, Hacksaw was talking about. Pittsburgh plus, 120, uh, plus two and a half uh, point favorites, plus 113 to win at home. Um, bet against Mike Tomlin as an underdog at your own risk. 18-5-3 as a home underdog as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and somehow 4-2. and two. I actually like Pittsburgh to do it again this week. Uh, Eagles are seven-point favorites over the Commanders. You've got the uh, Browns, three-and-a-half-point underdogs in Seattle. Chiefs laying a touchdown, seven points as road favorites in Denver. And a game that's actually moved quite a bit was five and a half earlier this week. The Brock Purdy news took it down to three and a half. It's now sitting at four as the Bengals. I know Winnipeg Walters fired up for his guys. I think this will be a close game. I do like Cincinnati. We got that at four and a half in the lock shop. Um, quickly over to the exclusives. Um, since the five and all week last week for me doing the uh, the daily picks, we've had an incredible week with some of our cool bet exclusives. Hit our partner Parlay last night for the Thursday Nighter at plus 590. Shout out to Dusty and Pat for the other winning legs. Um, but here's what we have for the Lock Shop Partner Parlay. Um, the Cool Bet guys in on the Bengals at plus four and a half. I like the Eagles minus six and a half against the Commanders. And Dusty's on the Chiefs. So Eagles minus six and a half, Chiefs minus six and a half, Bengals plus four and a half. That one boosted up to plus, uh, plus 615. And then the ride with us. We cashed this one last week at about plus 650, banging out a 7-1, to one, and I'm riding with the best defenses in the NFL this week. I like Pittsburgh, plus 2.5 against Jacksonville. The Browns, plus 3.5 against Seattle. And the New York Jets laying 2.5, technically on the road, but playing in their home stadium in the Battle of New York, or actually New Jersey, between the Jets and the Giants. That one's in the exclusives right now at plus 700. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Uh, all right, Remo, it's just about Marvel's time, I think. Yeah, let's fire it up. I got the songs ready. Okay, we got a lot of people. This is crazy. Uh, so shout out to all the 425 people in chat. Yes, and actually, hit that thumbs up, y'all. Here, and shout out to uh, Rob Kanehus, 20 gifted memberships for everyone. So they all got the microphone beside their name <laughs> now. You can use the exclusive emotes. So shout out to Rob. That's very, hey, very Rob nice. Rob is the man. Rob, thank you very much for that. And uh, 
Rob's been gifting memberships, uh, happened to be gifting a few Jagermeisters after yes. the Jets win last night. That's one of his patented maneuvers. So uh, definitely enjoying the gift of giving as he's on. And uh, of course, really appreciate the memberships, folks. If you're a member, you'll be able to, uh, you know, have that microphone beside your name, the green font, access to the special emojis. Um, and uh, if you did want to return the favor, you can do that again. That's just $2 a month, another way to help support the channel. Yeah, it's uh, wow, that was really generous. So, uh, hey, we got a big marble race. I just closed it. 258 marbles. I don't know if that's wow. a record or not, but that seems really high. That's People, right up there. That's up there. People feeling good about the Jets win about Friday. Maybe people are inside because... Uh, I opened my window and it was a lot of white out there, Huss. A lot of snow. Oh, yeah. Not ideal. Yeah, and it's actually still snowing right now. I, I have a feeling. Usually, I seem to remember as pretty much a lifelong Winnipegger, mm -hmm. Halloween's the day. Yes. Often, we won't have snow on Halloween, but by the November 1st or November 2nd, it's pretty much here to stay. Um, I would love it if it warmed up a little bit and this melted before Halloween. I'm not sure that that's the case. We might be in for it in the long haul. Um, so uh, that being said, everyone's in a better mood when the hockey team's winning, and uh, we all know what's up with the football team uh, getting ready for November 11th in that West final. Um, all right, well, let's do this. Uh, why don't we fire up, the, uh, fire up the music, and then we can uh, finish off, add anyone we need to get added into for the race, and, uh, and get going. It's Friday, another week of work's gone by. You deserve to treat yourself, maybe an ice cream cake or a bottle of rye. Phone the whole day in, so like you can't deny why use effort even for pleasure? Give my talk a try. It's time to do a marble race. No skill separated, best two words. Marble race. Just like marbles with the poems you waste your words. That was, which version was that one from uh, our pal Tristan Rivers' music? That was a beauty. That was the acoustic version. I've been in an acoustic mood lately. It's what I put on, what, on the drive uh, to drop my kids off in the morning. So I don't think we had heard that one in a while. So I am. You I play mean, the acoustic version of the Marble song for no, your kids when you're dropping them off? Just like acoustic versions of um, whatever bands that I like. I'm, I'm into uh, acoustic. So I, that's how this started. I said to Tristan, I'm like, can you make an acoustic? Uh, marble race so uh, he put that one together and then he went kind of crazy doing like 10 10 more versions unbelievable we're gonna have to start getting planning uh, for the uh, second annual marbles tournament of champions coming up in december mm -hmm. um what a what an amazing amazing run that was i gotta still give a big shout out to joe from consolidated supply who uh, had the idea for it and of course winnipeg walter ended up being the big champion of it all, winning the final race after qualifying in one of the qualifying races. And Winnipeg Walter has been enjoying bomber season tickets for this incredible season. 
courtesy of Joe and the gang over at Consolidated Supply. So big shout out to him. All right, who do we have to add in? I think we definitely got to give Helly a marble. He's been awesome all week, leading the way, bouncing back from um, that first week. And I have seen a few suggestions that we give a good vibes marble to uh, Judy Bonus as uh, she uh, continues to sure. recover with uh, Rick Bonus by uh, by her side. Sure. Uh, they did have a nice uh, tribute on the Jumbotron there yesterday. Yeah, in Detroit, absolutely. And we got to see Bones' old hockey card from his time with the, uh, with the, <laughs> with the Wings. That was a great one. Yeah, so uh, that was a really nice tribute. It shows you us how uh, respected he is around the league with the Red Wings, uh, putting, putting that out there. And check out on Nick Dembski. He was a great guest uh, earlier Absolutely. This week. Absolutely. Check that Dembski out. was awesome. Yeah, Bomber fans, if you missed Wednesday's show, get over there. Maybe we'll post it on its own uh, sometime this weekend. Mm-hmm. Nick Dembski has turned into one of my favorite people to interview, period, not just on the Bombers. And he was phenomenal earlier this week talking about his season, where the team's at right now, and a look ahead to the playoffs. Uh, highly recommended if you're looking for a little bit more Blue Bomber content. Um, all right, so uh, we'll get Judy in there. We'll get Helly. Um, you mentioned it. Oh, Donnie boy, great suggestion. Let's give a marble for Duke. Duke the dog. Duke the dog with the greatest puck drop in the National Hockey League, bar none, earlier this week at the Tuesday game when uh, he joined Adam Lowry and uh, the great people from the Toba Center um, before the game that uh, everybody loves Duke, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you can use Duke all the time. You know, there's only so much magic, but they have won every game. Uh, he's dropped the puck, so it was, uh, it was pretty awesome there on was that Tuesday. You got it. All right, so uh, you can uh, put it in. Now, I did see a uh, I did see a suggestion from Doug Phil, and I'm actually down on this. Unless you already have a good new one that you're ready to go, when you look outside, I mean, this is the definition of the slippery slopes. I have a feeling. You know what? If I I'm happy with Slippery Slope. So I picked one not as good as Slippery Slopes. That is the best track. So yeah, I, I, Slippery Slopes undoubtedly a top three track ever in WST history. And now with the first snowfall of the year, perfect timing. Doug, great suggestion. Um, so let's take it back to the Slippery Slopes. And uh, what what's the total amount that we've got in there? Uh, I think last week we had two thirty four. We got two sixty two marbles in here. hey actually can you put uh put one in for you and put one in for me sure you want in i i i'd like to see how i do today in the in 264 this one. marbles now 264 right on um <laughs> duke sk i love that pup that was my first dog's name great name great dog binaural duke a hard working professional um, great stuff. Oh, and Leslie Mitchnuck's letting us know that clocks go back on November 5th. That's the week that we get, oh, that's the one we, where we get the extra hour of sleep. Um, always here for that. Um, if we, uh, if we need, um, all right, well, we played the song. Why don't we uh, get this going up and uh, folks, you know how all this works. Um, although I should mention it, we're continue to grow each and every day. Make sure you've hit that subscribe button. So you're eligible to win. We will have an exclusive Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie for our winner, courtesy of our great friends over at Shippen & Associates. Shout out to Shippy and the gang there. And um, 
basically we do this every Friday afternoon. It's a fun way to finish up the week. It has continued to get uh, more popular. And this is a, a near record, a potentially record number of marbles in. So uh, 264 of us in one marble will be first and win the hoodie. Uh, folks, uh, let's uh, get ready for the weekend by dropping the marbles in the slippery slopes here on WST. And they are off. The old Plinko board start. Who's coming down first? Who we got with a nice start? Uh, who's that? Ray Ray. Ray Ray with a nice look. I'm going to speed up my, my feed here on YouTube. Ray Ray still in first. Uh, we've got... Uh, TV Day, Derek Honer, one of the uh, one of the Movember uh, crew. By the way, folks, while we're doing this marble race, if you you might have missed this uh, earlier on in the show, but if you are planning on growing a stash for Movember, uh, join Derek and a few of our other regulars as part of the Winnipeg Sports Talk team. We're going to be teaming up with our friends over at Modern Man, uh, putting together a team and helping raise some money for to uh, support men's health. So uh, if you want to grow a stash and be part of our club, we'll get some picks from the fellas and follow your progress throughout the month. Send us an email at winnipegsportstalk.com at Gmail if you want to jump on that. Uh, Jerry Baluda looking good right now. I think Jerry's got a little bit of a lead on the rest of the crew as we uh, get closer to these slippery slopes. Jerry definitely in first right now. And then another group including Bye Bye Blake. Um, one of our friends from Texas in here, but Jerry Baluda in first. Benji Rothman, one of the funniest dudes around. Benji's in it. Uh, Derek from Texas looking good. All right, now we're into, oh, Jerry. Jerry got hosed there a little bit. Too many marbles in that one slope. This is why this is one of the coolest tracks that we've got. Um, it is getting very <laughs> we've never done slippery slopes with this many marbles and i think we're seeing now that uh, this could be the ultimate challenge uh many marbles being thrown over the top rope as well uh but we've got plenty plenty of contenders uh we've got this group on the bottom slope right now looks like that will be the group that probably gets in first this is <laughs> this is wild oh man oh jerry's still in there Jerry is absolutely still in there right now. All right, Jerry is in first, but he's got a lot of company. Bye-bye uh, Blake's in there. Derek Schmidt's in there. Who's going to be popping around right here? we got Royster and uh, Will Sutton, the man who takes care of business at the Gold Eyes ticket office. What's up, Will? Shout out to the fish. I know it was sad to see putting the, uh, the winter tarps on the field, but uh, there's where we are. All right, who is it going to be first? Ace and Hex, will they get in? Yes! What does that say? Re re Mason uh, re Harris. Mason Harris. That's a new winner we've never had before. Excellent, excellent race. And uh, again, shout out to Doug Phil for the great uh, suggestion for the slippery slopes today. Reem, the slippery slopes, absolutely wild with Doesn't that many marbles today. Doesn't get old. Uh, that was a that was an all time track, and everyone's hitting the jump here. No one's like uh, going over. That happened the other day. So, 
This is awesome. That's right. You're not in until you're in. But uh, Mason Harris with a first victory. Right on, Mason. Uh, Royster, strong performance in second. Derek Schmidt in third. Bye-bye Blake, fourth. Derek from Texas, fifth. Guys, we're all right there. Gordo in sixth. Matt McMahon, seventh. Troy Yamomo in eighth. Alex Howe, ninth. And Sean Clark rounding out the top 10 of today's uh, today's list. I'm interested to see how uh, how we did. Jerry Baluda had a great race. He finished just in there in, uh, in 11th. So we continue down. Will Sutton had that piece of the lead for a bit. Will, still a nice performance coming in at 10th. Uh, oh, look at Remus, 25th. Yeah, that might be my best finish. Nicely done, nicely done. Bemsky, uh, 32. Bemsky, 3-2, very done. Frosty Winnipeg, the Yak Man. There's Turd Ferguson. Mike Wynn, shout out to Mike. And, you know, while I mentioned Mike, I want to give a shout out to Zach and the Bisons. Mike's son, Zach, a good friend of WST and the Bisons. Big game tomorrow, 3 p.m. local time in Calgary. Uh, a win will clinch their playoff spot or a loss by 13 points or less will clinch. But Calgary has really shocked a lot of people with some big, big wins. There's Hellebuck at uh, 70, uh, 76th. Um, so good luck to the Bisons. Let's uh, clamp that dub down and uh, move on to the Canada West playoffs. Uh, just rolling through. Uh, the rest of it, there's Doug Phil, Tristan Rivers Music uh, got in there. I have a feeling I'm going to see myself being thrown over the top rope. And uh, and look at Judy Bonus, the final marble to cross the uh, to, to final marble to cross it. Again, thoughts with Judy and the Bonus family right now. I wanted to give some good vibes and have her in the race today. Uh, and then there's everybody else that didn't make it through the slippery slopes uh, a large crew. Benji got whacked. Oh, Ross Ransby. Ross got whacked. There's a pal, Hugh Wachenko. What's up, Hugh? A whole group of uh, Bozeman also thrown over the top rope. No one wins today in their head-to-head bet. Uh, there's our buddy, the Git, Sean Lishka. Spency. Tough one, Spency. And Eric. Our boy, Todd Fertani. There's Mary Jane as well. Oh, and there's Hustler. DNF thrown over the top rope. Um, well, uh, great marble race and uh, really a great week of shows. Uh, lots of people coming in and uh, listen, people are fired up about the club. I think people feeling a lot better about everything after, um, you know, last week, the way things started with the really tough loss to the Kings. <laughs> we were all there as part of the WST group and the injury to, to Gabriel Velarde, but um Listen, I think Jet fans are in a good place yesterday after hearing from Chairman Mark Chipman, and nothing makes the crowd feel better than a few wins. A big question is, can they make it four in a row, Reem, before coming back to welcome Wheeler and the Rangers on Monday night? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? As many two-game road trip going uh, two for two. What an interesting schedule. What they start off on the road, come home for two, out for one, but back for one, then two. And so, yeah, to Monday, that'll be a big one with uh, Blake Wheeler's return. But first, Montreal, and yeah, it would be nice, four in a row. I think they just got to keep uh, keep doing what they're doing. They're playing well, and uh, wins have certainly come. Yeah, I am uh, I can't wait for it. I mean, again, we'll focus in on the Bombers tonight and just hope nobody gets hurt. Uh, and some of these uh, you know, younger players or backups get a chance to show what they can do. You never know who's going to be called on come playoff time. Um, and uh, that game is tonight, and then, of course, tomorrow 
the Habs and Jets on Hockey Night in Canada before a full slate of action in the National Football League. Um, NFL betters, check out the Cool Bet and the Lock Shop exclusives. I've got a couple beauties there that I'm in on if you want to ride. And uh, other than that, that Reem, uh, first time in a while that the teams have both been on the road. So uh, we'll get a little bit of TV time this weekend and uh, should be a good one. And man, looking forward to getting right back at it on Monday with a big, big game in the uh, return of Blake Wheeler and the New York Rangers should be a good one. Yeah, I'm sure they got a big uh, tribute planned and also at the day before Halloween. So maybe we'll see some big costumes in attendance as well. So that should be a that should be a fun one. That's with the Rangers in town. You got it. Uh, folks, thanks again for uh, hanging out with us. Uh, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. If you're having sports conversations around a bar top or a rink sometime, there are still are people that don't know where that we're here each and every day at 1 p.m. Um, but a huge thanks to uh, all of you. Great crowd today. Huge marble race, just the way we like to finish it off on a Friday. And, uh, of course, we'll uh, see what happens tomorrow night in Montreal, tonight in Calgary for the Blue and Gold, and be all over it on Monday to both wrap the weekend and get you ready for Blake Wheeler's return to Winnipeg with his new squad, the Blue Shirts. Um, thanks to all the sponsors that make the show happen each and every day. Again, if you want to join our Movember team, we'd love to get a few more dudes jumping on to grow a stash for November. Send us an email at winnipegsportstalk.com. And um, Mason Harris, congratulations. Send us an email as well, winnipegsportstalk.com. Let me know what hoodie size you are, and we'll make arrangements for uh, you to pop by and pick that sucker up. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Drive safely out there, folks. Roads are pretty sketchy. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.